The following podcast is a Next Level production. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and this is our first episode of the 2023 season. I took a little bit of a break towards the end of the year last year, but I'm so excited to be back with all new episodes. And this being the first episode of the year, it's only appropriate that we do this again. This is the best of 2022. That's right. My guests and I uh, are going to reveal and discuss our choices for our top five favorite movies and top five favorite television series of the past year, which brings me to my guests. They are both returning guests to the podcast and two of my favorite people to podcast with. Excuse me. Uh, First, he is the creator of the Podcastica network of podcasts, which includes its flagship show, The Walking Dead cast. And she is also part of the Podcastica network having co-hosted the dragon cast podcast as well as being my co-host on the returning we have to go back lost revisited podcast now just simply called the revisited podcast i feel like podcast is becoming a very popular word already just in this intro uh please welcome jason and Kristen. hello yay hello We, uh, by the way we don't have a podcast called the walkie dead cast no it's now called it's the last the, the cast of us and you're on it and i am on it it, you are on it. <laughs> and Very is good. This, I'm, I'm, well, first, like, thanks for inviting us, for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked to be able to do this. I'm excited to talk about. It's always fun to talk about your favorite kinds of things, especially movies and shows. But uh, I also wanted to ask, have, have you always been on YouTube with this show or... Is that a new uh, thing? It's, it started towards the end of last year. So uh-huh. the last two top five episodes we did, uh, one with uh, Mark and Steve, we did the top five favorite episodes of Community. That was the first episode to launch on YouTube. And then we did, uh, I, th- I think we did horror movies with Jamie. I think, and that made it up. And then two of the celebrity conversations I had, Josh Robert Thompson and Mitchell Whitfield are both on YouTube as well. I mean, I just, cause I want to, I have this urge to save the Wilhelm guy. <laughs> I could just hold him and he won't be falling. You can catch him as he you, falls. Buddy. You don't need to scream. Okay. <laughs> For those of you confused Jason's as to what you. Jason's, yeah. For those of you confused as to what Jason's talking about, you need to watch the YouTube video of the podcast. So I figure this is actually really appropriate to you two being the guest because um, loosely connected Jason, as you mentioned, the cast of us launches weekly coverage of the last of us. Uh, January 5th, January 16th is the first episode of that, uh, which I'm a part of. And then Kristen, you and I are relaunching uh, and going back to talk about lost. Yes. You have to go back. We do. No, we really do, though. I, <laughs> I tried to avoid saying that. It seems like it's becoming a pun at this point. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm pulling for like the next couple months. I'm pulling triple duty between Wilhelm, Cast of Us, and Revisited Podcast. But I'm incredibly excited. I'm so jealous that you guys are doing Last of Us. But I'm going to be a... Um, a listener feedback person, and I'm going to be listening every week. I'm really, really excited. Yay. I'm so excited for that show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm incredibly excited too. I am not a game player, but I am totally into that world. I love that world and that universe. I just keep dying, so I stopped playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Let's hope the same thing doesn't happen to Pedro Pascal in the show. Well, I'm not running his game, so that's the only reason why he probably lived through it. It would be interesting if he dies and then he just starts back up 10 seconds earlier. (laughs) It just starts back up from a checkpoint every episode. (laughs) That would be a really good parody movie, you know, like scary movie or something where it's like game movie or something where like Mm. the characters keep dying and then they keep like coming back up with bars over their head or something. (laughs) A health bar or like weapon upgrades and things like that. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit more about The Last of Us, though, because we're going to we'll we'll spend a couple minutes on some things we're looking forward to for 2023 as well. But uh, let's let's get right to it. Let's dive into some of our favorite movies and television from 2023 or 2022. Um, we're going to reveal our top five as we go from five to one. Neither Kristen or Jason. We haven't revealed any of our choices for top five to each other to not influence each other. Uh, and of course, because we're talking about these things, if you haven't seen them yet, there's always a possibility of spoilers and please just keep in mind as you're listening, these are all just the opinions of us. These aren't definitive lists of what is the best of the year. These are just favorites. And that's why we chose them as favorites. Mine's definitive. Yours is definitive. (laughs) The the right answers. Yeah. Okay. All 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 the movies that I see. (laughs) And the funny thing is too, like knowing both of you, I already, I can pretty sure i can deter i can figure out one or two that are on your lists i just don't know where they place um but i want to know what you thought after yeah if you were right or not write Uh, it down oh okay yeah i'll do that as we're talking i'll write down um (laughs) what they are i think i know i think i know jason's number one or number two and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i know Kristen's number one because I didn't know. I'm, I'm confident. You know my number one for TV, just I like the rest of the universe. One. Oh, maybe I, I don't think know I know. I think I know Jason's so. number one. Um, I, I movie or TV show? TV show. I don't think you do. All right. I, I know. <laughs> I, I know Kristen's number one show. <laughs> I will write it down, and I will show my prediction at the end. And I think I know. I have no clue of either of yours. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing down. <laughs> I'm writing. Down I didn't think it was going to come to this, but okay. And I like then, it. Can't wait to see. Yeah. And right. I think I know a show that will fall in Jason's number one or number two spot. I could be completely. You may be right about my number two, but I. I oh, shows. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Movies. I have no idea. I have no idea. Actually, because no, be there's right like thousands of movies. That's kind of why I like it. That's I. I kind of like this. Um, but I have my my prediction for Kristen, and I have a prediction for Jason, and they're written down. I will not touch them. <laughs> All right. Put them as hermetically sealed envelope, like Johnny Carson. Like Johnny to. Carson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and the other thing I'm going to do too is, if you happen to fall upon number one of mine that's in my top five, I'm not going to say it until it's my turn to reveal it. Okay. So it's up to I'll you guys if you want to do the same. Okay. Yeah. So I think it just makes it more more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's kick it off. We'll start with uh, movies of 2022. Number five, uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off? Okay, my number five favorite movie of 2022 is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, which a good choice. I liked more than most people. I think it got lukewarm reaction, but. I was just thrilled to see the inventiveness of the multiverse, especially that one scene where they went through all the different like robot verse and cute. Everyone was like cubist and then they were all paint blobs. That was really fun. 
I love seeing Mr. Fantastic. Um, are we? How much are we spoiling with all this stuff? It's, by the it's, way, it's full spoiler. I mean, okay. we we put the warning at the beginning, so if, okay, if people are missing and it. Professor Patrick Stewart, you know, and um, the that Sam Raimi, legendary Sam Raimi, directed. I loved him, yeah. and he's one of my favorites. So they had some real cool Sam Raimi with skeletons and freaking zombie Doctor Strange and spirits going around laughing at people and stuff. So I don't know. I I just really really enjoyed it. I mean, the story was kind of flawed at points for sure but um overall I, I very much enjoyed it me and uh kirk did like a three-hour walking dead cast on it oh wow i think two and a half maybe it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it was that long i know um i'm with you on that one there were a number of that movie gave me a lot of geek out moments yeah. uh, you know you mentioned patrick stewart and one of the coolest things i kind of had a feeling patrick stewart was already going to be in it but what really got me was the quick little and x-men animated series music that played in the background yeah. as he was coming on the screen uh-huh. and then he um, went into like the astral plane where which he did a lot in the comic or you know like the mindscape kind of a thing he professor x does that a lot in the comic where he's walking around in the like psychic mindscape so i enjoyed that and then of course there was captain carter who first appeared on the what if series mm. that was pretty thrilling too yeah and i mean and krasinski was another absolute geek out moment for me because yeah, i've been on i've service. been on that wagon <laughs> for him to be mr fantastic for a long time so mm-hmm. even if we don't get him in the fantastic four movie we got him for yeah. a moment and that's i mean i think he was in there because fans kept saying they wanted him and so this was their way of placating us a little bit i i i kind of doubt he's going to be the main reed richards but uh yeah it was great to get him at least here if that's so. all we get yeah yeah we'll see Kristen, we're not ruining anything for me, are we? Before no, we I've, I've I saw that movie in the theaters. It was awesome. Okay, <laughs> I was just letting you guys talk because oh. I I've, I've agreed with pretty much everything that you've said so far. <laughs> um, I I thought it was visually stunning. Um, I think I would have had it on my top five had I had not seen it with the kids because it played like kind of a horror movie at the yeah. same time. Oh yeah. And I just like the kids were so excited because we love Doctor Strange. And so we sat down to watch it. And Danny's just looking at me like, are we allowed to be here? (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dave pulls out his phone in the middle of the theater to make sure it's still rated like PG-13. He's like, no, it's not R. It's good. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we should probably watch it again, like at home and not at the theater. And like, because I loved it. I thought it was great. But I do remember spending a good chunk of time going, oh, the kids are okay. Because they're just kind of looking at it like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> and and also just seeing the scarlet witch turn evil that had to be mm-hmm. kind of shocking for kids well we saw um wandavision so we kind of saw that morph into yes, kind of what yeah. it was so it wasn't a surprise to see her that way but i did love the i did love how dr strange was able to you know really see how much she was hurting and um i thought that mm-hmm. that was really nice so yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I know, the other my final note on that is that um, you mentioned Sam Raimi directing that movie. And one of the nods that Sam Raimi puts in every one of his movies and projects is the Oldsmobile. So, of yeah. course, I was on Evil the Dead lookout for car. the Oldsmobile. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell, and, of course. Well, and Bruce Campbell playing the, As the hot dog the street vendor, pizza yeah. ball guy or whatever. As, of course, <laughs> he had to show in the up face in repeatedly. <laughs> Of course, he had to show up. And I honestly think that Bruce should be the new Stanley. 
Like just put him yeah. in all the Marvel movies going forward <laughs> in some kind of little cameo. Uh, Kristen, how about you? You're number five. So my number five is actually um, a movie that I saw this morning. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and it was Glass Onion. Um, I had such a good time watching this movie. Um, the first one I had a really hard time getting into. Um, the first Knives Out movie, I was just kind of like, okay. And I, I wasn't removed enough from Chris Evans at the time to kind of go the direction that the movie went. Cause I was just like, no, Chris, Chris Evans is Captain America. He's my hero. <laughs> like he's not allowed to wear evil turtleneck sweaters, you know? <laughs> and then we get to this. I, I bet movie. that's why he took the part. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate, but at the same yeah. time, I wasn't right, ready. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this movie, I just, I love the cast. I loved, um, I have everybody here seen it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I loved the twist in the middle of the movie. I just, I personally didn't see it coming that, um, that Janelle Monet was going to play two different characters. Totally didn't see that coming. I thought it was great. Um, I loved kind of the fact that it was bring, bring down the shitheads, you know, and they were all such terrible people. Um, it was just really fun to watch and I love a good mystery. I like it when I'm surprised because I feel like I'm not surprised a lot. Um, so it was, it was really good. And, uh, it was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Sorry. I just had to say that. (laughs) That was for Jonathan. (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan and James. I love this movie. I, I, especially the more I think about it, the more I appreciate that the crux of the movie, this whole glass onion thing is about how something seems complicated, but it's actually not. And Mm -hmm. that was the key to the mystery. And it was, um, Benoit Blanc's Achilles heel that he just couldn't solve stupid things and yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was also part thematically of how we build these certain types of people up in our culture now uh, these sort of faux celebrity types mm-hmm. and we ascribe like we give them all this power and authority and intelligence you know we ascribe that to them for no reason like it's it's not and so all well, that fit together really well and elegantly in a way that I thought was super satisfying 100% 100% mm. I liked it that that it turned out that um oh my gosh i just finished watching this movie oh miles miles yeah mm-hmm. Edward how Norton. miles Edward ended Norton's up just being yeah. this like dumb guy you yeah. know like he's made of nothing he's really he's kind of an accidental billionaire he just hitched his horse to the right person um andy and then you know it, it it's so funny how when billionaires who can buy anything when their life starts to unravel a little bit you can see how the dominoes can fall and everybody can go away and um it's it was a really i i did i loved the movie and i love the fact that you know i i just love the fact that like you said jason it was very very simple but it took you on a few different paths to get to that simple Mm -hmm. answer and when the red envelope was behind the fibonacci sequence like i'm just like yep that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. just going to jump in and say that Glass Onion was also my number five. Oh, good. Um, so it, it kind of works out the, the tail end of it, too, because like you, I and I will say, too, as somebody, I've seen the movie twice, and Glass Onion is even more fun the second time around. Oh, I'm sure. When you see all the clues right there in plain sight, as Benoit Blanc says, like, everything is in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and you rewatch the movie for a second time, he's not kidding. Like, everything is in plain sight as you're watching this movie. I kept From wanting the- to rewind it. 
from like the fax machine in Lamar Odom's character's office in the beginning of the movie to like it just everything is there. And I, like I'm <laughs> I love how complicated some things seem to be when they're so simple, as you mentioned, Kristen, because yeah. even in an interview with Ryan Johnson, they were taking like fan questions and somebody said, what exactly is a glass onion? And Ryan Johnson said, it's an onion made of glass. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> lots of layers but they're very transparent yeah. and one of my favorite parts of that movie too i mean other than you like you said the twist in the be- in the middle of the movie with mm-hmm. janelle monet playing two different characters one of my other favorite parts is the fact that when benoit blanc is going through other than the other than the fact too that he solved the game that miles yes, put together so in a, before awesome. the game even started he knew yeah. what the game was. He was are we playing now <laughs> and, then, and then just goes off on everything about how the, the answer to this game. Um, but towards the end, when he's going through revealing everything, and he comes to the realization, he's like, the one bit of flair that you had, and you stole it from me, because he gave him the idea of the turning right. off the lights and putting a gun on the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, but it's such a fun movie. You and stupid dumbass. <laughs> like, that's what it just should have been at the end. Yeah. And uh, it's it's such a fun movie. It's it's a fun ride, start to finish. I think mm-hmm. I I love I really enjoyed Knives Out, and I'm pretty sure Glass Onion is better. In my I opinion. think so too. I think I, so I too. So. Yeah. So, and I'm really excited for the third one. I'm really excited for the next one. I love the fact that they had Hugh Grant in there, but he was also like it was very clearly the pandemic, and he has his like sourdough starter in his hand. <laughs> He's got a hair, hair full of flour. Well, Hugh, Hugh um, not Hugh Jackman. Um, uh, Hugh right. actually came out and said, because um, they asked him about the relationship between that character and Benoit Blanc, and he's like, oh, they're married. Yeah. So, which, I mean, you can kind of, it's not instantly it, revealed. In your face, but it seems... Yeah pretty clear yeah but they're like no no, they're they're married like they're very they're very much married i just loved i loved the the pandemic like sprinkled in there you know with and how you can i told uh dave i said you know you can really tell everybody's personality just by the masks that they're wearing and how they're wearing them like kate hudson had a like a clear it was like mask mesh. on. It was, was like a mesh mask. And then um Catherine Hahn's character had like the mask that kept going down and like her face and her nose were all exposed, but the mask was technically on. Um yeah. I just mm-hmm. loved it because I could tell everybody's personality just yeah. by the way that they wore their mask. So it was yeah, fun. Not. Yeah. Right, sure. right. The and nice little cameo from Ethan Hawke was was I fun loved in there that. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, being the one who apparently Miles is just so rich that he has a vaccine or a cure for the pandemic and just doesn't. Or it was give horse it tranquilizers. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it could have been that as well. So yeah, fun ride. I'm really looking forward to the to the third one as well. Absolutely. Ryan already said he's halfway through writing it. So I hope Hugh Grant has a even bigger role in that. I one. do too. I hope he has lots of sourdough or has opened a bakery now or something. Well, he needs to have the full, yeah, br- yeah. baked bread and <laughs> right. have it be come out really good. And I will, I will say my final note on that too is um, I will have Benoit Blanc swimsuit by the end of the summer. Oh my that, gosh, that, that swimming outfit was fantastic <laughs> with the with the, uh, the the what what do you call it the kerchief? But it's called something else. Ascot. Is that what it is? Oh, I don't. Know. I don't know. Yeah, the cute little kerchief. <laughs> 
Uh, number four, Jason. My number four is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once with Michelle Yeoh. And it was crazy premise for a movie. It was like uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness meets indie movie. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, uh, the synopsis, when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. That does sound like a Marvel movie, but really what I loved about it is it, she plays this middle-aged Asian woman and she's like wondering if it's all about what could have been, which is a great theme for exploring different realities and it was exciting and unique and visually amazing and incredible and well acted and i i I particularly love that they picked this unlikely character this middle-aged asian american woman it just made it really really interesting and to give that kind of a character who in a movie like this doesn't usually get the focus to have the focus and see where this crazy multi-dimensional movie would go with that kind of an unlikely character. I thought it was really satisfying and fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the re- the rest of the cast is just as good as Michelle Yeoh too. I yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in that movie. Yes. Um, it's, it was great seeing Ki Hoi Kwan come back short round again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know him from somewhere, but and data from the Goonies. Well, and yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I told Dave. I said, he sounds like data from the Goonies and he goes, well, let's see who he is. He goes, Oh my gosh, it is data from the <laughs> I was like, I did it. <laughs> I could not figure out who Kehoi Kwan was, but when I looked it up, I was like, oh yeah. Because he's, you know, you can't think of an older you man call, as a little kid. <laughs> you call him Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I mean. Loved that movie. No, I loved that movie. Loved it. So uh, just as an aside, if it's on our list, do we talk about it later or do we talk about it now? <laughs> you could talk about it later. Okay. I'll <laughs> yeah. talk about it later. <laughs> yes. Cause I will also say that is also on my list, but <laughs> I haven't gotten to that spot yet. So, um, all right. Yeah, cool. Um, then Kristen, you're number four. So my number four was bullet train. Um, Such a great I didn't movie. see that, that movie, it stars Brad Pitt and, um, the 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 short of it is basically he is some kind of smash and grab guy or criminal of some sort killer i don't know um but he's getting back in the game after having some sort of a me- mental breakdown um and he's got this therapist that he has been going to for a really long time but he's about to get on this job and he has this woman in his ear the entire time that he's talking to. And so it's kind of fun to watch him narrate with this invisible person Mm -hmm. as he's uh, going through, but he has to basically get on the bullet train in Japan, grab a briefcase and get off at the next stop. That's literally the job. (laughs) And (laughs) it never happens. It never. (laughs) Well, so there's like six stops on the bullet train or something like that. And it spans through all of Japan. Um, And there's just, to me, it played a lot like old school Quentin Tarantino, that there are all these little stories, you know, like four rooms or Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. There's all these little stories that kind of center around the same basic uh, plot. And it doesn't really come together until the very end. Um, But it's done in like a very unique way. It's literally like a live action anime. 
Hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah it's that's fun. Basically it's what it bloody. Is. It's like su- it's almost campy, but it's yeah. but it's the, so the fight scenes are fast paced. Yeah, there's and, and um, humorous. Third, yeah, it, it's it's really fun. It's like you kind of and that's kind of like the theme of of what I'm seeing with what I did with uh, movies and TV this past year is that 2020 and 2021 were so freaking heavy for I think all of us that I just gravitated towards anything that looked fun this this past year if it didn't look fun if it didn't look like it was gonna like be something that like put a smile on my face I I wasn't even gonna go near it um and so bullet train really kind of filled that need for me because I love super violent movies but I also love comedy and and Brad Pitt right now like this part of his career he is nailing everything that he's doing like I would watch him read the back of a cereal box right now he's so entertaining so I highly recommend it um, to anybody that hasn't seen it Um, because he's he makes the movie he's kind of had that comedic edge for a while now but he's really putting more of a focus on it lately with Bullet Train and I heard he's great in Babylon like I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard like he's incredibly funny in Babylon too. That's on my list of things to see for sure. But, but I mean, like Burn After Reading, he's fantastic. He is, um, and that's more of a comedic role uh, that comes to a very shocking end. Um, there is, um, of course, like the Oceans movies. He's mm. he's very straight laced, but he has some comedic elements to him. So yeah, he's, yeah. But this he's one kind of had more, it for a while. This one though, it's just he. It's it's almost like, like with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was also he was hilarious in that movie, yeah. you know. So I think sobriety agrees with him. I think that he's doing a lot of a lot better work in all of the movies that I'm seeing him in. Mm. I, I think that since becoming sober, he's just gotten so much better as a as an actor. So wouldn't be surprised. I think mm-hmm. yeah, you can feel more of his uh nuances and things like that. Mm-hmm. In yeah. his acting, you know? Yeah. I've, and I think one of my favorite elements, too, about Bullet Train is, which it's on my honorable mention, so I don't, it's not in my top five. But um, one of my other favorite elements of that, too, is the fact that Brad Pitt's character is both there to do a job, but also wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> like the situation. whole movie, he's in Be- the wrong place at the because wrong he's, time. Because he's... And this isn't a, this is a big spoiler. I'll try not to spoil too much because Jason hasn't seen it. But... Um, like he's he's Screw there the listeners. <laughs> to, he's there to do the job but he's also filling in for another person who was supposed to do it he's filling in for carver he's filling in for carver and when yeah. you get to the end of the movie the the short little cameo of who carver is is fantastic yes 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 oh and also I have the to go cameo back and watch that again it was so good and also the cameo of who is the voice in his head you know what? And the whole movie, you're like, I know who this is. I know who this is. I know the bug voice. Me. I, yeah. I'm so glad that we got that answer, though, because it was going to bug me. And I, I yeah. was like, I'm not going to go to IMDb while I watch this movie. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> and I love the brothers, the two brothers. I thought that they were wonderful. And um, and father and son, you know, that whole story. And yeah, I um, and then who ended up being the bad guy, like the actor that played the bad guy. I just, and I believe that he was uncredited because I didn't see him in the beginning credits of the movie. So. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if they're uncredited. Yep. So that's Anyways, a good choice though. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Lots of fun. If you just want to kick back and watch something like not too deep, but really fun. That's, that's my pick. Nice. 
Uh, my number four is one that just recently came to video on demand. I missed it in theaters, but I'm, I literally just watched this two nights ago. My number four is the menu. <gasps> is it good? It's so good. Just yesterday, Eric asked me in chat, uh, have you seen the menu? And I'm like, no, but can you just tell me the specials? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, it's, it's so like, it's, it's similar to glass onion in that there's not a likable person in this movie with the exception of maybe one or two characters. But Ralph Fiennes is, is amazing in this movie. Anya Taylor joy. I love her in everything that she does. And she's phenomenal in this movie. It's just, I don't want to say too much because neither one of you have seen it. So I don't want to ruin yeah, anything. I, I want to see that. Short. Yeah. Right, that's second recommendation in two days. Yeah. But it's, it's so much fun. It's weird. It's, it's on HBO max, right? Uh, I think, it is. I think it is on HBO max now. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yes, it is. It's on HBO max now. Um, it's, it's just, it's a ton of fun. It's so intriguing because you keep watching the incorporation of, food and celebrity chef to horrible people and why they're there. It's just, <laughs> that sounds there's right not even alley, another actually. movie I can compare it to. Like that's the kind nice. of movie that this is. Oh, that's awesome. When you, you can, I wish I would have watched that. I bet it would have been on my list and it's just, it's so much fun. But yeah, my number four is the menu. So and it's I'll on keep my, it at that. I plan to see list. <laughs> I'll keep it at that since you guys haven't seen it yet. Awesome. Uh, Jason, number three. My number three is Glass Onion, which we already talked about. The one thing that maybe we didn't mention, I just loved how ridiculously ultra rich the cast was that made the first Knives Out almost seem kind of low rent in comparison because it was just so over the top. <laughs> and and uh, I love just like they have a robot dog and they have he's got Paul uh Paul McCartney's guitar and he just kind of throws it down, you know, just Liberace's all, piano. Yeah. Yeah. All that. He's got <laughs> and the, the Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa. In, in the living room. <laughs> I, I did. I did find out that you just reminded me about this, but I did just find out an interesting tidbit about it. Um, there are actually, um, Daniel Craig is not the only reoccurring character in both movies. There are actually three. Um, one of them is in voiceover only. Uh, the second character is the guy that plays the freeloader on the island. Yeah, although he Daryl. was a different character in the first movie. Well, yeah, he was one of the detectives who worked actor, with Ben Wablock yeah. in the first one. Uh, but the other one who works in voiceover only is actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, he says dong. In he's the, the one that says the dong <laughs> on the hour. Who did he? Who did he say that he got to to compose the dong? Philip Glass. Yeah, <laughs> or Phil Glass. I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> my what my favorite scene was when all the glass sculptures just started shattering. Smashing. It was awesome. That was I, it looked so fun to do. That's when I said I, this movie was probably really fun to make. I totally. think the scene I laughed at the most was uh when everything was blowing up and she was running towards the Mona Lisa and he was chasing after her. Mona Lisa's <laughs> playing in the background. And there's that scene where she just reaches for the button and he just flies behind her in slow motion, completely missing her. Like <laughs> yeah. And he's just got that goofy look on his face. And I I think I laughed the hardest at that the entire movie. That was so, so funny. Uh, all right, cool. So Kristen, you're number three. My number three is probably an unpopular opinion for a lot of people, but I don't care. Um, and mm. it's, um, fantastic beast secret secrets of Dumbledore. Um, I 
love anything that is Harry Potter related, anything. I don't care what it is. Throw it at me. It's Harry Potter. I love it. But I've really... I really do love the Fantastic Beast movies as well. And I think that the second one wasn't so great. So a lot of people just went into the third one saying either I'm not going to watch it or I'm going to hate watch it. And I thought it was fantastic. I thought that, um, who is it? Mads Mikkelsen, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Who plays um, Gellert Grindelwald was just such a fantastic casting. I wish that he was cast from the very beginning. Was um, he the one that took over Johnny Depp's role? Yes. Okay. Yes. And he, I, I don't think Johnny Depp was right for that role. I mean, I appreciate that he was in it in the beginning, but this role was totally made for Mads Mickelson. And I'm probably saying his name wrong, but I, so I apologize. Um, I but right. Jude law as Dumbledore as a young Dumbledore is also perfectly cast. Eddie Redmayne at it as his um, Newt's commander uh, character is also really great. I love the story. I love the fact that they, um, that they really intertwine these animals and the story of Dumbledore to keep it kind of loosely related or loosely tied to fantastic beasts. But what, what they really want to do is they want to tell Dumbledore's story. And, um, you know, I thought that, being a J.K. Rowling, um, you know, a J.K. Rowling story, they still went with, um, you know, Gilhart, uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore as past lovers. And they used to be in love with each other. And they have this like unbreakable vow that they can't fight each other. And, um, you know, that was really, it was played out really nicely in flashbacks. I, did either of you see that movie? I I haven't seen it. I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. But like you, I'm also I for some reason it just I just haven't had the opportunity to sit down and watch it yet. And I think partly because I wasn't crazy about the second one. I did enjoy Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The um, second one was just it, the story was so disjointed and there wasn't like there's just what like I've watched it about three or four times and I still couldn't tell you the full story. You know, and and I think that that's the problem is they overcomplicated the story in the second one, and the third one it seems like they really try to iron out all those in inconsistencies, and they make a really really good story. It was a beautiful story, um, and I really really hope that they make another one to conclude it because it needs it needs it. You need that final battle between Dumbledore and Grindelwald because that's kind of that's how Dumbledore got the Elder Wand. That's how, you know, a lot of Dumbledore's legacy came to be was that epic battle and if we're not going to get it in the third movie, we need to get it in a fourth or a fifth movie. So, well, there was originally there was originally supposed to be 5, weren't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but the franchise kind of dwindled out after the second movie. So I think they were hoping to revive it in the third movie, but you know, fan bases like Harry Potter, star Wars, game of Thrones, blah, blah, blah. They're all so toxic. So if everybody, you know, if one person says that they hate it, then a lot of people are going to say that they hate it. And, you know, places like Reddit and Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff like that, they're going to kill a franchise very, very quickly. So we'll see. Yeah. I've I've never been like that. I've never bought into the toxicity of fandoms. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy going on with J.K. Rowling and the support of her and the franchise there, but I still love that world, so I don't mm -hmm. I don't divert away from it. Um, right. I mean, Me you've too. already you've already invested the money in the movies and the books, so just enjoy them while you have them for what they are. Hundred um, percent. 
But also, I mean, if there's any one fandom I would be toxic against, it's the Twilight series, which I, I've been from the start. So I've. Um, I, I I'll, think I'll that that just that. means that, you know, you're a smart, educated human being. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me to all the Twilight fans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's been long enough. But that was um, my number three was Secrets of Dumbledore. Nice. Uh, I guess that's, yeah, it's mine. Uh, my number three is a movie that I was so patiently waiting for. And when it premiered, I couldn't wait to go to theaters to see it. And I absolutely loved it. And I've watched it two or three times since then. My number three is the unbearable weight of massive talent (laughs) with Nicolas Cage and Pedro (laughs) Pascal. This movie, I mean, you want to talk about a movie that is a ton of fun. You have a actor who kind of, slips between A and B movie actor constantly in his career and is totally fine with it. You know, he, he does it purposely, but you have him playing himself in a movie, which I don't even know if you can arguably say it's a very exaggerated version of himself. I think it's really him. Like, I think he's just totally <laughs> being himself right. in this. Maybe toning it down a little. Maybe, yeah, maybe actually toning <laughs> it down for the movie. But then, like, <laughs> after the movie was made, like, seeing interviews with him and him saying, like, out of all the movies he's made, this might be one of his personal favorite movies he's ever made. I mean, and after you watch the movie, th- like, I need more pedro pascal nick cage buddy movies because the two of them together were hysterical oh i can't wait to see it i mean there there's a scene and i won't spoil too much about it but there is a scene where they're going to town to look for something and they happen to take lsd before they go and the whole time they in, in they're in town they think they're being spied on and chased and they're not at all <laughs> So it's them like I've been there. check. <laughs> they're like looking around corners. They're climbing over walls. They're like thinking like they have to sacrifice themselves to get to different places, like over a wall that's literally four feet off the ground. It's like it's <laughs> it's hysterical and it's so over the top. And it's just it's so much fun that there was no way this movie was not making my top five. It was a bit meta too, right? Yes. Yeah. Being. I mean, being him playing himself and trying to find that great role and everything, which I like, I always like that when they do stuff like that. I mean, and it's, it's great because it's, it's, I mean, basically the premise of the movie is that he's, he's looking for roles because nothing of them seem meaningful. Pedro Pascal is this big, rich kind of drug lordish guy who hires him to bring him to his birthday party. (laughs) And this guy happens to be a huge fan. Like he has an entire room right. in his villa that is nothing but Nicolas Cage memorabilia, like the golden guns and, from Face Off. And and Nicolas Cage at first is kind of like, all right, I gotta fucking take this, and then he ends up like buddying up with the guy. Yeah, yeah. He ends up becoming really buddy buddy with the guy. Yeah. It's just it's it's just a ton of fun, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's either a Nicolas Cage fan or a Pedro Pascal fan. Cause they're, oh, okay. they're both and if you're both, then you're golden. Yeah. It's a golden <laughs> opportunity. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jason, my number two is barbarian. Did either one of you see, see this? No, I need Those, to see no, this. No, I'm not the, the kind of movie Kristen me. was looking no, for. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah, so the trailer scared me. Feel free to spoil the shit out of that movie. Too. And uh, so it's about this young woman who is 
arrives at the middle of the night in the dark in this really sketchy neighborhood at her Airbnb. But the um, she's fiddling with a lot, can't figure it out. And then she she sees a light go on in the house and she's knocking on the door. And it turns out uh, there's somebody already there. It's uh, Bill Sarsgaard. Is he the one that played um, Pennywise? Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's there already, and he's like, of course he is there. I, I already got this place. What do you?" And she's all, "No, no, no. I I booked this place." And and so she shows him on, air, and he's like, "Well, why don't you come in and we'll figure it out?" And it's like the director said that he wanted to make a movie where a lot of where a character ignores a lot of red flags just because of the tension of it. And she <laughs> she did. I mean, she was worried, but she keeps doing things that you're like, "What do you? What the hell are you doing?" And so go, and he's like trying to give her a drink. And he's like trying to give her wine and you're like, I don't know, man. And then um, like she's in bed and the door opens and she's not sure. And she goes out and he's laying on the couch and she's like, did you open the door? And he's like, what do you, why are you waking me up? So it's like, what the fuck is going on here? But then you see someone like go through a door in the hallway. That's not him. And there ends up being this like sub basement with a, like stone um tunnel and i don't want to give away too much more but it just gets crazier and crazier as it goes along and you're wondering what the hell is happening and it's also unlike anything quite i've ever seen before so it kept my brain kind of switched on trying to figure it out and it just gets more and more messed up and by the end um you really it, it all makes sense it's a little hokey but the it's worth it for just the tension that it, it lasts through the whole thing and the acting was really good too it was a simple movie but it was this guy's first uh movie uh Kristen's already name. more tense than any Zach Krager. <laughs> just looking at her listening to you describe <laughs> it's it. crazy because, and then she as you, you're explaining it, I remember the trailer and I'm just yeah. like, this is Ooh. the scariest trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> One of the scariest moments is uh she the house is a cute little house, but when she looks around, she sees that every other house is like dilapidated and probably abandoned in the neighborhood and it's like what the hell is going on here that's like the that's like the house that we stayed at um I was just, at, yeah i thought about that <laughs> in we all stayed in a house just like this yeah. it was like the old and everything else was like grown over and it looked yeah. you're like oh i'm gonna die this weekend we're just like, gonna just stay like, huddled here together yeah. i was hope, just thinking about that too best. i know i wasn't there but i've heard the yeah. stories of that, that house. house was it was really nice but the rest of the neighborhood looked like the a post-apocalyptic nightmare <laughs> and uh you know like i i'm not the biggest horror fan i like horror but i haven't watched as many lately because i realize i don't know i'm more sensitive to discomfort like air travel scares me more now than it did when i was a kid too but um so i'm a little more sensitive with horror movies than i used to be but i think this is not like the scariest of the scary it's it's pretty scary but like I don't know. I, I don't think it's like top level scary. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I also once <laughs> my friend's daughter was like, is this hot for some Chinese food? And I was like, no. And then she ate it and started crying. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so who knows? But anyway, sorry about that, Samantha. But um, anyway, Ben, I think you're going to love it. And I'd love to know what you think after you saw it. Kristen, I don't know. Maybe you should watch it. <laughs> I, you know what? I mean, the trailer scared me yeah. so bad that I was just like, even if it isn't that scary, as scary as there's, they, they did a really good job basically giving me the middle finger like 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I saw that trailer because I went to see Nope. You know Jordan Peele's spaceship movie. <laughs> another and, uh, no for me. <laughs> and uh, there were like five or six horror movie trailers leading up to before the movie started. And I was sitting there in my seat, going, "I'm feeling kind of traumatized right now. Like I'm not ready for a horror movie. I'm ready to go home after this." <laughs> you have sweaty palms, and you're yeah, like, the movie hasn't your even soda's started gone. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're already through all your popcorn because the yeah, whole man. time you're just sitting you're there just like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Kristen, we're going to see Nope. Do you want to see it? Nope. 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 <laughs> Was the title again? Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, that yeah, movie. it's I, I haven't had the chance to see it. I, I heard a lot about it though because Justin Long, who apparently is in the movie as well, mm-hmm. um, was promoting the hell out of it. Like he was doing mm-hmm. a bunch of different podcasts, like uh, like Doug Benson's podcasts and such. And um he was promoting it and like even Doug Benson, who's huge in the movies as well, was giving the movie a lot of praise. And so it's on my list of movies I actually wanted to watch before we started recording, and I just never got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's on my list it. to watch. Uh, Kristen, number so two. My number two is actually everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. Um, I thought it was so, 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 so good. Um, one of the things, the main thing that I loved about the movie was that it was this woman who was saving the world, but really she was saving her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and every unit, every universe has her looking for the same thing. Um, which is, you know, her daughter, you know, she's looking for her daughter. She's, she's looking for her husband and she has all of these, these different universes that she's like popping in and out of. But it, what's interesting to me is that she's just trying to find that harmony and the chaos of her life. Like her whole life is chaos in all of the universes that she goes to. And it's not until the end that she realizes, you know, that, you know, loving love and kindness and just embracing her life and who she is and where she is. That's what kind of gives it that, that stability at the end and where she really starts to um, appreciate where she is and and mm-hmm. who she's with. And I just, you know, as somebody who has really complicated family past relationships with both of my parents, um, I was just like crying, like freely sobbing in the last half hour of the movie because I just thought it was so beautifully done because, you know, as a mom and I, and this is just totally from my perspective and I'm, what I love about this movie is it's kind of like an art piece, you know, it's just, everybody probably has got something different out of this movie, which I think is really great. And for me, it was, you know, this mom who's just trying desperately to connect with her daughter to run this business. She's turned herself completely off from everything around her um, in her main universe. And then as she expands and she experiences more and more, it's just like she keeps coming back to her daughter and her daughter is the main antagonist. But at the same time, she's not the antagonist. She just wants a connection back with her mom. The daughter wants a connection back with her mom. And, and, you know, I just reconciled with my mom about a year ago and it's been this beautiful relationship for the past year with me and my mom. And I just saw so many layers of that in this movie. And I just, it was just, I was an emotional wreck at the end of the movie, but I thought it was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. You just saw it, right? I did. Yeah. It's been on my list all year long. Everybody's been saying, you have to see it. You have to see it. You have to see it. And I finally just said, I'm doing this podcast. I have to sit down and watch this movie. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Gave you an excuse. Did, mm-hmm. uh, 
Did your family like it? Dave loved it. Yeah. Dave thought it was great. He, at the end, he was like, that was a beautiful movie. And I think it's like really thought provoke. It was really thought provoking. Like we kept coming back to it, you know, like after several hours, we'd come back with a new thought or a new, a new scene that, that we really liked. And I love those movies that stay with you for a little bit that you just Mm. keep thinking about and picking over in your brain for a little bit. I think that those movies are, they end up being like my favorite movies in the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That's a great choice. I mean, and it's, it's fair to know that it's, it's the one movie out of every movie we've mentioned so far that's ending up on all three of our lists. Mm -hmm. I hope it wins best picture. So I really hope it wins best picture. Is it up for, is it, I don't think the nominations have come out yet for the Oscars, but I think it's it's on the short Golden Globes. Yeah, oh, okay. except for Golden Globes. Well, I think it's shortlisted for the Oscars, too. I bet it will it, be, yeah. It's most likely yeah. going to be nominated. Mm-hmm. I hope so. The daughter uh, was amazing in it. I think that old, ta- <laughs> like, even James Hong, who's done more movies and television shows than you can count as her father, mm-hmm. is like, he's he doesn't say much, but, like, even his role was just, like, pivotal and fantastic. Somebody interviewed Jamie Lee Curtis and was like, did you gain weight for that role? And she said, no, I just stopped sucking in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I guess that brings me to my number two. Uh, my number two is a movie I did not think if you would have asked me if it would make my top five for the year, I would have said no before I saw it. And then I saw it and I was blown away. Uh, my number two is Top Gun Maverick. Nice. It is. I'm. There are people who are huge fans of the original. And I I will admit, I enjoy the first movie. I think it's definitely overhyped. Um, I don't think it holds up well. Um, the first although movie. I have the first movie, yes. Um, although I do, I do have mad respect for Tom Cruise, especially now later in his career, the more stuff that he's doing on his own, because I think he's just absolutely insane. Um especially like the mission impossible movies and the stunts you see him doing now, like are ridiculous, but I got to go to an advanced screening of top gun. I was like, all right, like I'll go. It's not costing me anything. I'll go. And I, there were times when I say it was on the edge of my seat, I was legitimately like, I would stop and look and be like, Oh yeah, I'm like halfway up the seat <laughs> right now. Like I was legitimately moving up in the seat in anticipation and excitement of some of the sequences in this movie and it plays out so well. Like, like the sequences are fantastic. The story is amazing. It plays absolutely the best and right notes on the nostalgia, meaning it doesn't overplay it and make it seem like it's all about just reliving the glory of the original movie. It plays where it needs to play and then it lets it be. And it tells its own story as it goes on. Uh, Miles Teller is fantastic. um, You know, John Hamm is amazing. Seeing Val Kilmer come back in the limited capacity that he did was fantastic. It's just, I remember being just absolutely blown away by seeing that movie and enjoying it so much more than I was anticipating that I knew like, yeah, like it's in, it's in my, it's on my list for the year. They, they kept pushing it off because of COVID. They would, instead of releasing it to streaming and I, I, had a gut feeling that meant that it, they knew they had something good on their hands, you know? And then when it came out, it was a huge hit. And I think it might still be in theaters. Like that's so rare these days. Well, it, it just got unseated by avatar 
as uh, the wow. number one movie of the year. Um, but, one so of the most, my, I think most money. Um, right, right. My the, the original Top Gun was my first date. I saw that on my first date and the date was horrible, but I enjoyed the movie. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, but I, you know, I'm not like these days, Top Gun isn't my type of movie that becomes my favorite or anything like that, but I liked it a lot. I really liked it a lot. It it almost went on my list actually. And um, I, I thought it was so simply done. It was like, exactly the right thing to do to make the perfect sequel to the movie you know it was yeah. like the platonic ideal of the sequel <laughs> top gun sequel and one thing that really stood out to me well it was jennifer connelly who's super hot yes, but um agreed. also that when i was sitting there and the theme song came on with the dong you know that bell that they ring or whatever it is it I, I felt so much of a surge of nostalgia hearing that. I, it shocked me. Like I didn't realize how yeah. nostalgic I would feel. I, I was just like emotional hearing that, which seems so silly to me, but it was no, pretty but I, cool. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I was the same way. Like I was sitting <laughs> the the screening that I went to, it was one of those new, like the Dolby theaters where like the seats shake with bass mm-hmm. and talk about a movie to watch in one of those kind of theaters because yeah, i had never been in one before so i didn't mm. know what to expect so i'm sitting in the theater and i hear that dong when the first credit comes up and i was like i felt the same way i was like wow like i'm getting kind of chills from, from <laughs> yeah, hearing that. exactly yeah and then the very first scene is the blast of the jet engine and my whole seat starts shaking it's like what is happening <laughs> you didn't know i didn't know <laughs> that that's what happened that's i hilarious. was like holy shit like what we're taking it off right oh my god <laughs> and it was like i think that probably added to the viewing experience but i've since watched yeah. it since it's been on vod and i felt the same way watching it on vod at home like it's mm. just it, it just it fit very well and one of the things i did like about the movie kristen i know how you feel about tom cruise i don't know if you've seen Top Gun or not. Have you seen Maverick at all? I don't watch Tom Cruise movies. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, so it's okay if I talk about this little part. I don't you're care. Probably not yeah, I'm, I'm just listening. One of the things I thought was absolutely great about the movie, too, like you, you see movies all the time where they tease the main character might die and like whatever. But they do that in, to- in Top Gun. And it's believable. Like, I'm yeah. honestly oh, thinking, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, Maverick is literally going to sacrifice himself so that they could survive. And you honestly believe that's what might happen. Well, they killed and, Goose, so of course, you know, anything can happen. And well, Goose was the main character. But no. I, the one well. reason why I wouldn't have thought that is because it was such a huge hit and I could just feel that people, Oh yeah, I love that movie. And I, people don't ever feel that way when it's sad at the end, you know, you can kind of get the vibe of it, but I don't want to take away from what you're saying. I mean, yeah. Like when you're sitting there in the theater watching it, you might feel that way for sure. For that, for that moment in time, you're like, Oh my God, like this might actually happen. He might actually die. (laughs) Um, But all in all, it was a fun movie. And I, like I said, I was very blown away by how much I ended up enjoying it. Cool. So, uh, but that leads us to our number one picks for favorite movie of 2022. Jason, you're number one. Did you, you didn't have a guess for movies for me, just shows. No, just okay. for television. 
Okay. Uh, my favorite movie of the year was the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> that was so good. It's short, it was great. It's a movie. It's it a movie. So it counts. Good. Yeah. I almost put that on my Plus. list. I was this close. I, I mean, it's silly, but I mean, here's the synopsis. Drax and Mantis get Peter Quill a Christmas present, right? That's pretty much what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that Kevin Bacon did such a freaking amazing job in it. Introducing and Kevin Bacon. Introducing that was Kevin awesome. Bacon. And I like that a lot of it was Drax and Mantis because they make this great comedy pair. They're so <laughs> funny together. And uh, man, I almost got to do a panel with her, but she she canceled out on the Yeah, that was a bummer. That was I, was, I was looking forward to that. One, for meeting her. And two, I, I was looking forward to you doing the panel with her. Too. I had a lot of good questions. Um, it was visually cool, great music, give you the warm fuzzies and funny as hell and uh man it's on disney plus so if you haven't seen it and you want to have a feel-good movie even though christmas is over i would recommend checking it out it's i think it's like 45 minutes long and it makes me even more eager to see guardians of the galaxy 3 coming up in may yeah well and if you do want to see guardians of the galaxy in may you kind of need to see the holiday special because There's there a- is a big piece of information in there's there. a big plot twist that happens at the end of it yeah mm-hmm. that is kind of pertinent to the third movie mm-hmm. yeah um, you gotta watch it and, and it's I written will... and directed by james gunn the yes. man himself so yeah, yeah. well at first will... at first i thought it was going to be animated and i'm just like what yeah. are we watching I know. <laughs> with, with uh yondu yeah well, that all of that with Yondu, I thought was very touching, um, mm-hmm, yeah. because like I, Yondu is a character I've grown to really absolutely love. Not just because of the fact that I've shared the stage with Rooker a number of times already, but also in the fact that like like when he makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, like I I cried, I freaking bawled my eyes out in the theater <laughs> at his at his funeral, at his like Ravager funeral. What at a the great end of the second funeral. Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and seeing Craglin like get excited at the Ravenger showing up, like I bald, I still get choked up when I watch that movie. Um, but then they do the beginning of that movie, and you're like, wow, like Yondu's kind of a dick. And then it's revealed again towards the end of the movie, it's not exactly as it seems, and it's yeah. very touching and it's very moving. Very Yondu. <laughs> yes. And even the whole plot thing, which I won't spoil, but the big plot that's revealed at the end of the movie with with Mantis and um and uh God, quill. why can't it and quill yeah like i don't know why his name blanked <laughs> that got me cr- that made me cry me too like that yeah, got me choked sure. up and made me cry yeah. and it's like yeah like it's everything you want out of a christmas special for mm-hmm. something that comes out of the holidays it's characters that you're familiar with and it's that good warm feeling that you want when you're watching a holiday movie you get it all wrapped into one with some amazing music too by the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like it that Groot's a little older too. Yeah, because you look at him, and you're like, "Oh, Groot, you look weird, <laughs> <laughs> awkward." <laughs> he it looks like he looks like somebody in a suit this time. Like he, it doesn't look CGI like he has before. He looked almost like somebody was wearing a Groot. Suit. It was a little different, yeah. But you know, yeah. you go back to Groot before he was, you know, blasted back into a little tree plant, and I think that we're just getting closer to that full size. Mm-hmm. Groot, you know, yeah. it's just so weird because we've seen him as baby Groot and teenager Groot for so long, for yeah. a couple of years now that you're just like, oh, Groot, somebody put some fertilizer in you. <laughs> he put some, yeah, he put some protein powder in his fertilizer as he was going. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, 
but it's going to be a little bittersweet knowing it's the last one. Yeah. Um, and we're actually I'm getting the vibe goodbye. that they're all going to die. Uh, That's what I don't, it feels like because they keep yeah. saying, "Oh, this is our last time playing these characters" or something. For yeah, I think they said for a couple of them, it's the it's the final bow for a couple characters. So Drax in particular is one of them. Yeah, because um, Batista has already come out and said that like it's meant a lot to him. It's his exit from it, the Marvel, but it's universe. his exit from the MCU. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. James Gunn seems pretty positive about it, so I'm pretty optimistic. Me too. Uh, Kristen, your number one. It was Avatar. Of course it was. It was Avatar. I should have made that freaking prediction. Yeah, was, I should have it, wrote it down. My goodness, it was Avatar. You know, I I went into it not knowing what to expect. And, and I'm recording on Avatar 2 later tonight with Wendy uh, for the podcast. It's showtime, folks. Um, <laughs> and so I won't get too detailed in, in it. If you want to hear my thoughts, you can listen to that later. Um, but to me, you know, in the first movie, we're just shocked into this beautiful world of Pandora, you know, and like that's the movie that that's the experience of the movie, right? But like here we are, almost fifteen years later, and we're we're all used to Pandora now. And I think that the focus on the story, they focused on family. They focused on what makes a family, what makes your community. Um, to me, it was just, it was so beautifully done. And the underwater element of Pandora, oh my gosh, was just stunning. I am a sucker for a James Cameron movie. I just am. I just, like, I just don't think he's made a bad movie. And this one just didn't disappoint. The first half hour of the movie, I thought, oh no, they're going to repeat the exact same story. This is going to be so terrible. And it ended up taking a right turn and then another turn. And it ended up being this really beautiful movie. So I highly recommend everybody goes to see it. Even if you're on the fence about it, which I know the two of you are. Oh, I'm um, not on the fence. I'm, I'm safely tucked away in my house, not even close to the fence. Have you seen it? No. I have okay. no, I, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to knock your pick for number one movie because no, you have okay. a reason for it being your number one. Yeah, I just I have no interest in in seeing it. I'm not a fan of the original movie. I've heard enough about the second movie that I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't need to see it. And then now, even more so, uh, with the recent announcement of what the third movie is going to be about, I'm like, okay, so even more so, Cameron cannot do something original with this movie because now he's just biting off Last Airbender. Like people, people, when, when he came out, I don't with know what water, last airbender is. So it's the original avatar before oh, he see. took the name avatar for the movie. Um, there was a, there's a mag, there's a manga, um, not manga, um, manga, um, anime not called MAGA. the last airbender, which is like water and different elements that they focus on. So when way of water came out, people jokingly said, well, oh, well, if he, if the next one guarantee you the next one's about fire which means he's basically stealing from the last airbender and it just came out that they're focusing on fire for the third one it's like okay he's stealing awesome. from the last airbender at this I like point. that it makes me want to see it even well, it <laughs> makes me actually kind of want to see it you know so. and if that is the truth you know i mean if there's supposed to be like five movies or something you know it could be going through the elements of yeah the, the four elements or yeah. five elements right. and i think that that's also really beautiful because it's sure. this it's this whole world, you know, and you do have to, you, you don't just live in the trees, you know, then you go and you see what the water is like, right. <laughs> oh, I'd love to live in the trees. Um, 
but you go and, and when the family moves, you know, they, they have to move for, for a reason. They have to move to a water community and a reef community and just seeing like the subtle differences in that community to make them who they are and, and what they view as sacred and where their Awa tree is. And I just, um, I love the fact that it teaches us to take care of what we have, take care of our planet. I think that those, you know, especially when my kids are watching it, I I like the fact that they're growing up with that um, foundation of this, this is what we have to take care of. Um, but I also love the family aspect of it. And, you know, I really, like, like I said, I really gravitated towards movies that made me feel a lot of joy this year. And that movie filled me with a lot of joy and love for my own family mm -hmm. by watching this family go through what they did. So I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And if anybody is on the fence about seeing it, you know, if you're a little bit closer to the fence than Ben is, I <laughs> highly recommend you to see it. So. I'm safely cool. sitting on my recliner watching something completely different from I, Avatar. I can't wait to hear you and Wendy talk about it on uh, It's Showtime, folks. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to listen to the podcast just because I do want to hear your opinions on the movie. Again, just because I don't like it, I don't want to knock it and take it away from anybody who does enjoy those movies. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe... And there are that, a lot of people who do. There And there, there are. I mean, it made a ton... Like I said, it unseated... It's $1.4 billion globally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, and even though I don't like it, I'm of the firm belief that you need to see a movie for yourself to make your own opinion on whether or not you like it. And mm -hmm. there unless are movies. Twilight. Well, unless it's Twilight, then just don't even bother. Or a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> well, see, like my feelings on Avatar, like you with Tom Cruise, like I, I just, I gave the first Avatar a shot, didn't like it because I was watching Fern Gully. It's, um, Visually, the movies are stunning. I will admit that. Story-wise, they just don't appeal to me. And that's why I told you this second one. I told you this before, too. This second one, they really concentrated on story. And you can tell that they put a lot of work into the story this time because it was so much better than the first one. But, I really but thought I've that even, this movie was better. But I've even heard from a number of people who have seen it who have said, like, visually it's stunning, but the story has no depth. Oh, um, see, I disagree with that, but that's okay. Yeah, so it's yeah I totally disagree and, with that. And I might eventually see it again just to say like, hey, may, I, I might be wrong. I might yeah. actually end up loving the movie, um, yeah. but I will not go to theaters to see it. I'll wait till I can watch it at home. And see, that's how I feel about Tom Cruise. I'm not going to give money to Scientology, but I'll probably see it like in my living room in a year when I have nothing else to do. Yeah, got it. Uh, which brings me to my number one. We we probably guessed what it is at this point because I haven't brought it up yet, but we know it's on my list. Okay. Uh, my number one was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ah. It's the movie that I knew. You kind of hit the nail on the head, Kristen, when you were talking about it earlier. Like You keep going back to it in your head and you come up with different things about it. And I really don't know what I can add that hasn't been said already about the movie, but it's one of those movies that I've only seen it twice. But I knew from I knew from the first time I saw it, this is going to be my favorite movie of the year, like hands down, because it was a movie that I was so engaged in with like the action sequences and the fun fight scenes and the traveling through the multiverse and the science fiction elements of it to a movie that by the end, I'm bawling my eyes out because it's all about this connect. It's more. It's less about these this travel between universes and more about this connection with a mother and daughter. Mm -hmm. That ultimately is what this story is about. Mm -hmm. It's just disguised in the first half of the movie in these action sequences and this what is happening. And 
But when it's finally revealed at the end of the movie that that's truly what the story is, it's so emotional and it hits so hard that I legitimately was crying. I was like, I remember watching it and being like, why am I crying at this movie? I was crying after the movie. <laughs> it's just sitting there, tears rolling down my cheeks. It's just, it's such a great and incredibly well done movie that uh, it, again, I knew when we were doing this and and I was putting this episode together and I was coming up with my lists, this movie never left. I've shuffled a number of movies and there are a number of movies in my honorable mentions that very easily could have been in my top five. Everything, everywhere, all at once, never budged from number one. Never. So good. It's just, a, it's just an amazing movie. Agreed. So, uh, but that brings us to some honorable mentions, which we can go through very quickly. We don't have to go into too much detail about these. Uh, Jason, what's um, one or two of your, uh, your honorable mentions to kick us off? I only had two total. One was Top Gun, and the other one was Werewolf by Night, also on Disney Plus. Also short, yeah. totally retro, cool black and white monster movie. Really different than anything I'd seen before, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I, w- I need to watch that again. I also had one disappointment. Should I save that, or can I say it now? No, you can you say, say it. The thing I was re- disappointed in was Wakanda Forever, which I thought was boring as hell. Really? Lots of speechifying, and uh, they ruined Namor. I thought, <laughs> and I just, I, I was. It didn't help that I was watching it with Nico, who was just like bored out of his mind to the point where he stopped watching halfway through and was just like looking around the theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in my honorable mentions for um for top movies. Uh, it didn't make it into my top five, not because I didn't enjoy it, but I will say, and I, I won't say a lot because Kristen, I know you have not had the chance to see it yet. Um, and it is coming to Disney Plus on February 1st, so it's coming very soon. Cool. Um, but if you want to spoil it, I don't care. There's really, I'm, I'm just watching it so I can stay up on Marvel. I, I don't understand the movie without Chadwick Boseman it's, personally. Well, it, I will say it is a very beautiful tribute to Chadwick um, and the legacy that he left playing uh, T'Challa. And that is one of the things I True. enjoyed about it. Yeah, but one I, of the I'll thing, agree with that. But one of the things that was very difficult for me is there are a lot of different languages in the movie um all subtitled in the movie obviously so that you can read them and they jump around and are very quickly spoken mm. so I was it just be- like it, it becomes hard to like, keep track of i'm like am i just tired of superhero movies and then i watched guardians of the galaxy again because nico hadn't seen it and we both loved it i was so glad that he liked it and i'm like no i just <laughs> that's it one just of your favorites. felt like a chore to watch most of this thing and i know a lot of people like it so i don't want to um crap on anyone who liked it but just for me personally it's hard to get through yeah, yeah. but i mean okay. but like stylistically from again from a, a the point of view of chadwick boseman it's a very beautiful tribute to him and the legacy that he left um for that alone it's worth seeing um but again like the language stuff i thought i found a little tough to, to kind of keep track of maybe upon second viewing i'll, I'll find it a little easier okay but I, I did find it a little challenging the first time okay so uh Christian, you should turn the somebody, subtitles on next time. That would help. Yeah. I'm I think the theater kidding. forgot to turn them on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Uh, Kristen, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Um, I just have a few. Doctor Strange was one of them. Uh, Lightyear was another one. I really, Lightyear, really so enjoyed Lightyear. That. That's so much fun. <sighs> Lightyear almost cracked into the top five. I mm. loved it so much. Um, and then this is a silly one, but again, family, warm hearted. Lyle Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> I know. it was so good i don't know what it was was that a was, movie 
Yeah, it's a oh, movie <laughs> based on the like it's, it's a based kid's on the children's book, right? book yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was uh, you know, Sean Mendez voices this singing crocodile and right. um um oh shoot, I forget is it Javier Bardem that's in it? I think it is, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. He play, yeah, and he plays uh Lyle's um handler or whatever, but he's like this traveling Decri- he's he's you know con man basically magician whatever um yeah it's javier bardem yeah this this family moves into this house and um this family is just so disjointed and you know it's a, a blended family you know new mom with this kid and she's trying to connect with the kid and um it, you know it's about how this family kind of becomes this one little unit through this singing crocodile <laughs> and it's just it, i've cried i think Way too many times for a movie throughout the whole thing. Was, I love that. Oh man, it was just a really sweet movie and it was I loved it. So it's on my list to watch. I just haven't had the chance to do it yet. Cause I love I love movies like that. Like movies that like like I mean I have I'm not gonna lie, I have like blues big city adventure on my list to watch at some point even though it's a nickelodeon yeah. movie totally for kid right. i kids like there's a bit of nostalgia from blues mm-hmm. clues that i kind of want to relive by watching that movie right right especially knowing that steve's in it i know finally. that's why i want to watch it but um, um yeah if you just want like a silly movie to put on one one day or one night where you're like i don't really want to watch something too dark and twisty like it's just good it's good family fun Nice. Had to throw in a family fun one in there. Mm. Any others on the, <laughs> any others on your honorable mention list? No, that's it. Okay. I, I watch way more TV. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. my TV Same. notes is just I couldn't figure out what to do. So I've got a lot of yeah. madness on like, the TV. I had to watch a couple of movies just right now, like you did, just to <laughs> fill out. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't watch five. any movies this year. And then TV shows, I'm like, oh, no, how am I going to just keep it down to five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, My honorable out- mentions is like, there's all this scribble oh. all around. And- <laughs> I have a bunch of honorable mentions for TV, too. But let me I'll, let me ma- knock out a couple honorable mentions on my end, and then we'll jump right into TV. Uh, Black Panther, we mentioned already. Doctor Strange and Bullet Train, we mentioned. Uh, Elvis, I thought was really mm. well done. Oh, cool. Uh, nope, which we kind of mentioned earlier with from Jordan Peele, I thought was excellent. And then two holiday movies that made my list. The first one being Violent Night with mm. David Harbour, which was just a ton of fun. Uh, and the movie I've been touting off about since the first time I saw it is Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Um, and I just recently realized why I love that movie as much as I do for anybody that knows me. It's the, the people that did the music for that movie are the same people that did the music for the greatest showman. Hmm. So that when I heard that, I was like, all right, now I understand. Now (laughs) it makes a lot of sense. I should have had nope on my honorable mentions too. I enjoyed that. Even though it was really, weird. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that might be one of my favorite Jordan Peele movies. How scary is it? It's not. I want to because I love Stephen Yun, and I don't like it when I yeah. can't see Stephen Yun. I, I think There's it's more intense, tense yeah, than scary. But by the end, I think it, you know. Uh, I hope this doesn't give too much away, but to me, it felt similar to Jaws where the beginning of the movie is scarier, but by the end it has that bit of an adventure vibe to it. Okay. And you can, I I prefer when scary movies are spoiled for me so that I can just (laughs) relax through the movie a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. We we should talk later. 
Okay. Jaws yeah. is actually a good similarity too, because very similar to Jaws, you don't see what's hunting you. Yeah. Until the it end really of the did movie. Have a Jaws vibe. Which is kind of which is Jaws very Jaws. And it turns out to be a shark. So there's that. It's, <laughs> it's the, same. the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I mean we the number right of into Sharknado. I mean Kiki Palmer saying we're gonna need a bigger boat was just mm-hmm. really, it, it fit. I really weird. think he was inspired by Jaws. I, I have that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well that brings us to the second part. We're already an hour and fifteen minutes in, but it's all right. It's fine. Uh, I knew this was gonna go long because it's a we're best very off, like, entertaining. <laughs> that's true yeah not not an ounce of filler uh but that brings us to the top five favorite tv series of 2022 and by tv series you and i you and you we all know this already but to the listeners this is any show that aired in 2022 it doesn't have to have premiered in 2022 so it could be like the third or fourth season of a show it could be anything at all mm-hmm. um but let's kick it off uh jason number five top five favorite shows of 2022 all five of mine I have podcasts on. I <laughs> lo- would like to think that's because I pick shows that I'm really into. But also, I know that when I podcast on a show, it can help me appreciate it more, you know? Yeah. Because you get really get into the details. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But my number five is Dead to Me, which is a Netflix show with Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. It just wrapped up its three-season run. It's a dark comedy. Uh, it started with Christina Applegate's husband died in a hit and run. And then she meets Linda Cardellini at this grief circle. But then you learn Linda Cardellini's character had something to do with it. So there's a lot of twists and turns. And it's the best thing is the writing. It's snappy, clever, funny writing with real feeling characters. They do a lot of improv. Uh, so you get some really funny interactions with great chemistry between the two because they're actually coming up with it in the moment and james marston plays a character in this and you would never know that james marston is such a good actor like he's it's good for him that he got this role because you're like oh shit he can actually act so he's you mean you didn't like him as cyclops in the x-men movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean he shows so much range in this and uh it's uh, Christina Applegate has multiple sclerosis and it really hit hard this last year. So uh, this is going to be her last thing she thinks that she'll ever film. So it was really touching oh, it. I, 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 there were a lot of tears. I ugly cried watching this last season. So, um, and Jade and Penny and I podcasted about every epi- episode on our podcast, Dead to Us. So uh, that's on Podcastica. But um, I would highly recommend checking this out. It's like 30 minute episodes. So you can know, just watch the first one. You'll know whether you like it or not. Nice. Yeah. I like, I mean, Christina Applegate, I've, I've liked a lot of stuff that she's done and Linda Carnalini. I love and they're so good together too. They really are. So I'll have to add it to my list of a show to watch. I've never seen an episode of it, but I've heard high praise from you. And like you said, paid and paid and Jenny, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Jade and Penny. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Jane and Penny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I've heard, and I've heard a high praise from a number of other people other than just the three of you as well. So yeah, it, it's J- one I know I'm going to have to get to eventually. I mean, Jade was like trying to sell me on it. Like we need a podcast about this, you know? And I'm like, I, I, I'm busy. And then I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And I watched the first few episodes and I was like, I actually love this. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I I had a feeling that would probably be on your list. I just didn't know where. It yeah, it's it was hard. Opinion. Like I said, my top five was hard. I, it was kind of heartbreaking that I had to leave a couple off as happens on these shows, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want to shuffle my list last minute, but I'm going to keep it. 
<laughs> okay. I mean, you're free to. You haven't revealed them yet. So no, no, I know, but I'm just looking at my all of my notes. I'm just like, oh, I like all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Which weird is, I think I pro- I'm looking at my top five, and with the exception of one, I don't know if I'm going to share any with any of you. Probably Which is not. Going to be mm. interesting. Um, but uh, Kristen, number five on your list. Yeah. Oh, and I did notice that I have a show from all different like streaming services too. Like in my top five, like, nothing <laughs> overlaps. For everyone. Yeah, nothing actually, I think overlaps. I, actually, I think I do too. I think all of mine come from different services. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, proves that everybody has good content. Um, so my number five is actually it's it's my favorite show, and it's ridiculous that it's my favorite show, but it's not my favorite show of the year, obviously. But um, it's Jeopardy. At number five is so <laughs> nice. silly. I love it's it. Jeopardy. <laughs> because we watch it, we watch it religiously, uh, Dave and I. We um we get really into the care characters, we get really into the contestants. <laughs> we um we Boy, play that the Ken game. Jennings. Yeah, oh, I love Ken Jennings so much. Um and you know, if there's categories that we think the kids will like, we bring them into the room and they like to play. And, you know, it's just, it's always been really fun. But this particular year, they had three super champs that are in their top five of all time super champs. And um, when they did Tournament of Champions, they actually had an exhibition game with those three super champs for like, nobody won it or anything like that. It was just like, hey, let's just do this for fun. And they were like, you know, betting magic beans and stuff like that. But <laughs> it was so fun to watch the three of them just annihilate each other and just be like mm-hmm. so much knowledge. And then Ken Jennings is the one that is, you know, the quizzing all of them and he's the goat, right? Yeah. He's the number one. So um, it's just, it's just a show that we always watch. We always love on the weekends. We get sad and we look forward. It's, it's like the one reason to look forward to Monday in our house, you know, so. <laughs> do you um, have an Amazon echo by any chance? I do. Well, I don't know if you know this, but, um, well, in here every morning when I'm eating breakfast, I say, Alexa play jeopardy. And then I get to answer six. Oh, God damn <laughs> Kristen and I are all too familiar with that. Uh, I don't want to play right now. So uh, then you get, so you have to uh, say no when they try to sell you on a paid thing. And then you get to mm-hmm. answer, you do six questions every day and you have to say it in the form of a question or it doesn't count. Oh, and it's really fun. That. You got to try okay. it. Yeah. I have to do that. I, yeah, we just, I mean, we belong, we, joined the subreddit jeopardy and we get like with tournament of champions there was this answer that like brought the game to a different player to win and it was like for all all the marbles and we're just like what is happening and we got like really angry about it we talked about it all weekend trying to figure out what was going to happen the next so i don't know for anybody that just likes quiz shows just just watch jeopardy have it on us it's 30 minutes a day and you'll feel smarter (laughs) i want to i want to ask um before we move on to mine um uh, the two questions I have for you as somebody who is an avid Jeopardy watcher, because I I've only I only watch it here and there. I don't watch it avidly like you do. Um, how is me and Bialik as as the as, as the, the host, host of Jeopardy? She's great, but she's not Ken Jennings. Like when and nobody nobody's Trebek. I mean, do they um, t- no like go one week one and one week the other, or how do they trade off? 
So Maya Bialik actually does Celebrity Jeopardy when she's not doing regular Jeopardy. And because she she does like other TV shows and stuff like that, she's not on as much. Um, okay. So last year, she was the host of Jeopardy. And Ken Jennings, when he was filling in for her, it would be, and now hosting Jeopardy is Ken Jennings. Uh-huh. Over So they just started the new season back in like November. And when they did that... Um, they actually put it in their contracts that both of them are the hosts. So it says the host, Ken Jennings, the host, Maya Bialik, but she hasn't been there all season so far. And I know she's going to come back like next week or the week after. And after having Ken for so long, it's just going to be kind of jarring because she plays the game a little bit differently. Like Ken gives, gives a contestant, just a second or two to fix their answer if they said it wrong, you know, like if they'd stumbled over the word a little bit to fix themselves. But Maya will just automatically say, no, no, no. <laughs> She's strict, huh? And he will, and it's just like for, you know, I have three people that stutter in my house. So mm-hmm. I just feel bad for anybody that does have some kind of speech impediment. Like they're mm-hmm. not winning anything if Maya's <laughs> going to be there. Mm-hmm. But, but she does a good job. She does a really, really good job. It's just, Ken Jennings fits the show so much better. He's great. He's such a nerd and I love it. Uh, And the other question I had is, were you as excited as I was for LeVar Burton's guest hosting? No. Okay. Fair enough. I, and I, like, I was very excited because I know a lot of people were like pitching for him to become one of the new hosts of the show. Mm -hmm. And even he was pitching for it. And then when he finally did it, I watched like the first two and I was like, okay, he's not as great as I thought he was going to be, but he's okay. Yeah. I think he stumbled a little bit, and I think that was more nerves than anything. Probably. I mean, it's big shoes to fill with Alex Trebek. And I think um, Ken really, 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 really loved Alex Trebek. He had this, he has this deep love for him. He mentions him regularly on the show. He has this very fond, um, you know, almost like father son relationship or mentor mentee relationship that he likes to reflect on often. So I feel like he's best at keeping Alex Trebek's memory alive, which is really nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if Ken is the goat, it's because Alex was a legend. I mean, well, there's no Ken won 76 games oh, yeah. in a row too. So yeah. he did all right for himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Second place is 41 games. Personally, I think they should have just gotten Will Ferrell doing his impression of Alex Trebek to to host the show, but that's just me. I would die if that ever happened. There are so many contestants, like one-off contestants that come on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you are an SNL skit waiting to happen. (laughs) Cannot be for real. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's my number five. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, My number five is a series that I know both of you have probably never heard of before. Although, Kristen, no, I think I've mentioned it to you before, uh, and there's one or two people in the the Z head group of podcastica that are familiar of it, but uh, it's a show that just premiered with Sylvester Stallone called Tulsa King and it is on Peacock and, or no, uh, Paramount. I don't remember. It's, it's, it's on Paramount. It's on Paramount plus. Um, I didn't know what to expect of this, but it's a Tyler Sheridan show who also does Yellowstone and 1923 and 1883. And, I'm not familiar with Yellowstone because I haven't started any of those shows yet, but I am a fan of Tyler Sheridan and, of course, a fan of Stallone. So I watched this show. I saw the trailer for the show, and it's all about like a New York mobster who gets released from prison in New York. And the family that he's a part of, even though he's a made man, they kind of don't want him in New York, so they ship him to Tulsa. 
to do some work in Tulsa. And that's where he lives. And he ends up taking over Tulsa by like partnering with a weed store and, uh, you know, and a bar to, for, you know, for things like that. But now there's like a motorcycle gang that's out there that he's against. And the New York family is coming into it. It's just, there's only nine episodes. The finale hasn't even aired yet. It airs this week. And it's already one of my favorite shows of the year because it's funny. Stallone for as old as he is, is the Stallone of old. Like he's a total badass in this show. Hmm. And I just, I, I love it. So it had to make my top five. Alex is going to be very happy because I know he loves that show too. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I didn't know that was the thing. That's what I mean. I I probably didn't have, I had a feeling probably you weren't too familiar with it Mm -hmm. uh, because it kind of went under the radar a little bit, but it's, had to be one of my favorite shows of the year, even for as late as it started, and it had to make my list. So can't say much more because you guys haven't seen it, but uh, Tulsa King is my number five. Nice. So, uh, Jason, number four. My number four is The Handmaid's Tale, which finished up season five, and it's a really well done, done show about a difficult, hard-to-watch subject, of course, but I feel like... It, the first three seasons probably spun it. The show spun its wheels a bit too much, just torturing its main character. And then in season four, it took a left turn, thankfully, and started exploring some new territory and was a little less hard to watch. And season five, even more so, I feel like, I mean, there's always going to be difficult subject matter with the show, but it's funny at times this season and it's uh, a lot of different um, locations and just not as, not as heartbreaking as it has been in the past and very well done. And it's all about sort of the dynamic between the two leads, you know, uh, Serena and June, Yvonne Strahovski was incredible this season. I love she's dead by the end of the season. Elizabeth Moss always is. (laughs) Oh, you haven't seen it yet, huh? Not yet. No, it's, you're going to be surprised. (laughs) You're going to be surprised. Jill, just my friend, Jill, she just finished it. Um, or our friend Jill, but for anybody, whatever. She yeah. just finished it and she's like, it was amazing. And I'm like, well, it don't tell amazing. me anything. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, wow. There's something I kind of want to tell you, but I don't want to tell you, but it, it was, uh, I'll just say that Serena's arc this se- season was incredible. And one of the episodes this season was one of my favorite of the whole series, maybe my favorite. And I cried watching it and uh, it was just so moving and uh yeah i loved it and and our podcast is that's our most our second most successful podcast on the podcasting network is me and wendy and daphne talking about um handmaid's tale which makes that makes it even more fun to have all the feedback and and interaction and everything very fulfilling i i love yvonne strahovski i've loved her since chuck chuck is still one of my favorite shows to this day um and she's fantastic in that but it always cracks me up Kristen, knowing that you're such a fan of that show i know because you don't like Tom Cruise because he's a Scientologist, I but know. Elizabeth Moss is like a hardcore Scientologist. I don't think she's in the church anymore. <laughs> oh, maybe she's I think not. She I, is. I did. I did some. You you do? Is she not? Okay, I don't know. I, I thought she was. Up, I, I think that the Danny Masterson trial has like blown it up for a couple of people. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not me. sure. I I looked it up though, and th- there's like, I I don't know, but. 
I don't know why it's okay for me to think that maybe it's because there's like a huge cast involved and like, she's not, it's mostly her face though. (laughs) Uh, But when I was on a panel with Danny Masterson's sister, Alana Masterson, I was like, so what, what is this about your brother? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would have paid you to ask that question. (laughs) I thought it in my head, but it didn't come out of my mouth. I just like that you initially referenced her as Danny Masterson's sister instead of calling her Alana Masterson because <laughs> I know your thoughts um, on that. Yeah, Handmaid's mm-hmm. Tales is a show I never, I haven't started yet, only because oh, when it was really rough. coming to when it was coming to popularity, great binge. It, it, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's amazing binge, especially when you were sitting at home during a pandemic. It was it was a great binge. <laughs> Um, so bad I, for your mental health. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everybody's told me like, if you decide to watch it, space it out, like do not sit and binge the show because it will do, it, it will do some work to your mental stability. The first three seasons, I would watch one episode and then I would watch two Brooklyn nine nines in between <laughs> just to like flush it out of my brain. But I didn't have to do that with season four. Season four, I was I got COVID earlier yeah. this year, and I just burned right through it. So I think you're going to like season five. Oh, I'm sure I, I am. I hope I you just, listen to some of the podcasts. I, that, it just makes me so sad because <laughs> it's a good podcast. I, um, I'm glad that you guys have found so much success with it. Um, is it my turn, number four? Yes, number four. Um, my number four is uh, on Paramount Plus. It is Criminal Minds Evolution. So they, um, Criminal Minds was always one of my favorite, favorite shows when it was aired, but they just brought it back on Paramount Plus and they got most of the cast back. And um, I, what they're doing now, which I think is brilliant, is that they're doing the 10 episode format that a lot of shows do now. And for anybody that doesn't know what Criminal Minds is, it's like a procedural um, BAU show. It's like a ne- it was a network show where they would have a killer of the week and they would go hunt the killer down using behavioral analysis. It was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. I like I like stuff like that. Um, but Criminal Minds Evolution, they decided to do one main killer, and it's about finding the one main killer and the. Um, the theme of this particular season is what happened to serial killers during the pandemic? How did they still, how were they still able to do what they did on lockdown and on quarantine? And I thought that that was such an interesting question to pose and the way that they've been um, doing it has been really great. Um, Zach Guilford, who if, if you've ever seen Friday Night Lights, the TV show, he was the quarterback in Friday Night Lights. He's been in a whole bunch of other stuff, but he plays the the main bad guy, the main villain. Oh, wow. And he's so good. He's I have so Chris, good. Like, thoughts you were saying about Chris Evans with that. I'm like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. You well, yeah, I mean? that's me too, because he's mm-hmm. such a like down home guy. And then yeah. um, but you kind of need it because you see that. Well, you, I, I don't want to spoil too much for anybody that hasn't seen it because I do really, really, really recommend it. It almost came higher on my list. Um, but he has these two sides to his life. You know, he's he's a family man, but he's also got this other aspect of his life. And um, it's kind of about what, you know, social media and the Internet and a pandemic would do to 
the creative brain of a serial killer and how they would hmm. make it happen. And it's really, it's a very, very, very good show. And I think that they're doing a really good job with it this time around. I I love Joe Montaigne. I know he's in the series as well. Um, yeah, he says the F word in this first scene. And you we're like, <laughs> it's, it's usually a CBS show. And so we're like, oh my gosh, it's on Paramount Plus. They're allowed to swear finally. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, uh, having never seen Criminal Minds before, is this something I can jump right into from this season? You can not jump having- right in. Okay, so it doesn't tie into anything previously before it. I, I mean, can jump right thing, in and follow. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you're going to miss is the maybe some character why, backgrounds. Why this whole why this whole like group is so close? You know, uh, mm. Paget Brewster is in it. She's I love Emily, Paget too. Well, Emily Prentice is my all time favorite TV character um, from this show, and so if she's in it i'm going to watch it like i just love paget brewster so much but this character emily prentice is just she's phenomenal um but yeah it i don't think unless you want to know like background on the characters you really it's it's an arc and i i don't know watch a watch an episode or two see if you like it i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i think it's only five episodes into the 10 episode season. it resumes next week yeah. Um, but I know, I mean, kind of off the topic, of, but on the topic of Paget Brewster, uh, Kristen, a series for you to check out if you haven't already. First off, she's fantastic in the last couple of seasons of Community with Joel McHale and that group. Um, but she also does the voiceover for a Disney Plus series where they do the background of the rides. Um, oh, okay. She's the narrator of that series and she's she's fantastic. She is such a good voice too. for that. That's perfect. She was also in Friends. She was Kathy in Friends. Yes, she was. And... um. She has done quite a few episodes of Drunk History. She's been on Doug Loves Movies a number of times, too, and she's great on that as well. Yeah, she's awesome. So I'll have to check that one out. So uh, which leads me to my number four. Uh, We kind of talked a little bit about this guy and his work earlier on. But my number four is Peacemaker season one (laughs) from James Gunn. Uh, This show was a show that I Initially, I did not know what to expect because it's a he's a, a secondary character in the Suicide Squad movie with, by James Gunn, which is a fantastic movie. One of the better DCU movies that they've made. Um, and I mean, it's John Cena, who I'm a massive fan of anyway, because not just as wrestling, but I think acting wise, he's really coming to his own. He's actually mm-hmm. really good comedically. Um, so I didn't know what to expect from this show i was like oh they're doing a spinoff of the peacemaker character i'm like okay that's interesting and then i watched the first episode i was like yeah this is fantastic and with the show not just the story that he tells and all the characters that he kind of dives into and introduces james gunn has done something that nobody has done in a long time and it's he has found the ability to make you not want to push the skip intro button when you are watching a television series because the whole huge the whole opening number for the show is one of the best opening numbers i have ever seen yeah it's so funny it's the the do you want it taste the eagle really makes it (laughs) yeah (laughs) eagly just coming and like putting his wings out is just like i never once in every episode not once did i skip the intro at all (laughs) I watched that it series, every single time. Same with you. Like I'm like, oh, Peacemaker. I don't know, but it's James Gunn. I'm totally in. Yeah, 
It's it, in, and it's just like anything you've seen from James Gunn as far as like the DC world in like it's violent, but it's violent in a fun way. Like it's 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 just <laughs> that sounds weird. Like sort of like Violent Night is violent, but in a fun way. Uh, that's what Peacemaker is, and it's. And Cena himself just does so great in that character. Like he's comedic and God, it's just, I feel like it's a character that was basically just built for him. Yeah. And he, he just does it so well. So, I mean, anybody who hasn't seen it, it's just, it's just so much fun. And it's, um, I can't remember her name, but James Gunn's real life girlfriend, um, is also in the show. Yeah, I think they right. might have met because she was on that show. I'm not sure about that. Maybe no, they've been together no. for a while. Oh, they have. Okay, okay. yeah, they've been well, together. She's for... on the show because she's his girlfriend. I don't oh know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been together since like before Guardians. Like they've. Been oh really? Oh, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, they've been together for a while. Um, but yeah, Peacemaker season one is my number four. It had to make my list. Did you know James Gunn? I think was married to Pam from The Office. They dated. I don't know oh, if they, they were, were married, married, but I know they dated. Yeah, they dated. Okay. Yeah, Jenna oh, Fisher. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Exes. He's 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 had a couple notable gets around relationships in the past. Yeah, <laughs> he gets James around. Gunn gets around. That's the title of a podcast for sure. <laughs> oh, we should pitch that to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> James Gunn gets around. Uh, Jason, number three. Number three, Cobra Kai. Oh, of course, it's on the list. <laughs> uh, Cobra Kai, of course, is the follow-on to the Karate Kid movies that came out like 33 years ago or whatever. And if you have not tried the series, I recommend giving it a shot. I was so one of the hugest Cobra Kai fans ever. I mean, I mean, Karate Kid. But I, And when I heard they were making a show about it, I thought, that's going to suck, but I'm sure going to watch it. And then I watched it, and I was just <laughs> amazed at how good it is. It's light, but it's smart. It's It just really like recontextualizes all their roles and play, has them playing role reversal. It's funny as hell. Uh, William Zabka as Johnny is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> And each season of the series, I'm always afraid. Well, they're they're going to run out of steam here. They can't keep it can't keep being this good. And so far, it's always good. It just get and it gets better every yeah. season. Like season five was amazing, and Daniel facing off against Terry Silver was glorious. And then chosen, I know he was a favorite of yours, Ben. Yes, he was. In, like they bring in old villains from the um series of movies and have them team up and i love how johnny and chosen are talking shit about all the things they did to daniel but then it comes around to, but he's so amazing because he did this and that and he never backs down from a fight and just all this great great moments i mean it's a show of of great moments it, it has not been reviewed uh, renewed by netflix as of yet the writers have more seasons in mind i'm a little nervous so we'll see what happens but hopefully It'll come it back. hasn't been renewed, but it hasn't been canceled. It hasn't been canceled. Also, come yeah. on, Netflix. Um, and of course, I had a great time podcasting about that with Rima and Rich, and we had Ben on as a guest a couple of times, which was a lot That's of fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's just adds an, it's a fantastic show. It's definitely my honorable mentions. It's um, and you're right. This past season, season five, has just been there's so many like almost like stand up and cheer moments. Yeah. Um, there's, there's emotional moments that I know got me choked up and not choked up in like sad ways, but like, like this is so great kind of moments. Yeah, right. it's, God, yeah. like it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. I, sh I share your love for that one as well. So that's cool. That's uh, awesome. Chris, <laughs> Kristen, number three. Uh, okay. Wheel of so Fortune. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I've had the weirdest, the weirdest favorites this week, right? Or this no, year. it works. It works. Um, so I keep going back and forth with two, but okay. <laughs> um, my number three is. <laughs> <laughs> Your head's okay, just going so back and forth. It's a tie. It's a tie between Stranger Things and Terminal List. So I assume we will be talking about Stranger Things at some point. And if we don't, we could talk about it in because it's in my honorable mention. But Terminal List was also really, really good. Um with Chris know, Pratt, correct? With Chris Pratt and Taylor okay. Kitsch. Um and Jai Courtney. But um it's on Prime, Amazon Prime, and um it's about an uh, an ex Navy SEAL um, who I don't know in the past had a weird uh, mission and his whole family gets murdered. And so he goes on this quest to take down kind of this whole net network of people that are responsible for the death of his young daughter and his wife who I'm pretty sure you find out like that his wife is pregnant. His wife was pregnant at the time or something, you know, it gets more and more devastating. So very lighthearted um, so far. Very lighthearted. Yeah. And um, well, and that's the greatest thing about it though, is that Chris Pratt is not funny in this at all. There is no comedy to him. He is mm. just this tortured guy that just is trying to get exact revenge on on his, on what happened to his family, but he's such a badass too. Like everything he does. And they're based on the novels, uh, called the terminal list. It's by Jack Carr. And, um, Jack Carr is also, I believe he's also an ex Navy seal, but what's cool that my husband, uh, reads these books, but, um, what's cool is that he, he writes all these books and then he sends them to, um, the department of defense or, or the Navy SEAL Foundation or something like that to like cross-check it to make sure it's okay. And then they had to redact a lot of the book, but he left the book how it is. And so when you read it, there's redacted, there's redacted portions sections in the of, book. of the book, which makes it feel a lot more authentic That's as really a story, cool. which is really, really cool. So um, it's, it's a series of books apparently, which I like, but it hasn't been renewed yet. But season one, I thought was really strong. I love Taylor Kitsch. He's another uh, Friday Night Lights character. He played Riggs. Yep. Um, oh, man. I He is an actor that I wish got more work. And I don't understand why he's not getting more work because he's so good. Did you not enjoy John Carter of Mars? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're good not knowing what that movie is you're fine um i know i know what that movie is oh, i okay. saw it of course uh, <laughs> i really like taylor kitsch um <laughs> but I, like when he was on gambit when he was gambit i i got yeah. really excited that there was going to be a gambit movie and then nothing came of that and so i got really really excited when i saw that he was in it and he plays such a good character i hope that this is a good platform for him that he can play similar characters in the future because he did such a good job such a good job he plays a um uh uh, Chris Pratt's best friend. They went to Buds together, but now he works in the CIA. So he's feeding a lot of information to the Chris Pratt's character, James Reese, um, while he's trying to find out what happened to his family and why it happened. But it was really good. It was really good. We looked forward to watching another episode. You know, it was one of those 
shows where we're like, let's watch three and it's like two o'clock in the morning and we're like, no, we have to go to bed. So <laughs> I have had a number of those kind of nights where I'm like, uh, I'm currently going through that right now and justified. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a great yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Good job. I love that show. <laughs> I can't wait for the movie or no, the reboot. It's a continuation. Yeah. 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 Continuation of the series. That's going to be my favorite for next year. I love the theme song too. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, that um, that band, what Gangster Grass, I think it's what it's called. Mm. Um, I actually got their album because of Justified, and their whole album's great. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, that as soon as we're done. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Terminal List. I've seen it. I just haven't checked it out. Okay, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's against Chris Pratt because of political views either. Like I'm. I think he's a great actor, so I'll watch whatever he does. He will always be Andy Dwyer. Yes, he will. He will always yeah. be Andy Dwyer. <laughs> he will. Lead singer of Mouse Rat. And, oh, God, what's the rowboat one? Oh, scare, uh, Scarecrow Boat. Scarecrow Boat. That's it. That's the other Scarecrow band name. Boat. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm. Um, I've been really big into the this kind of re- launch of the star trek universe that started with discovery and then picard and now we have like lower decks is just fantastic and that should have been on my top five but i just thought of it now Um, (laughs) i just recalled it now but lower decks is lower decks is the animated series that they did that's more comedic than anything and it's it's just a ton of fun and brilliant at the same time in the way it ties into the universe and calls back from previous movies and series and everything but Strange New Worlds came about with Anson Mount uh, playing Captain Pike. And I love Anson Mount to begin with. And, but like such a great cast and reintroducing all these original characters like Spock and Ahura. And it has such a, it feels more like the original series than anything that they've done so far, uh, both in look and spirit. And it just, it's the storytelling has been absolutely amazing like i would put it above any other star trek series that has come out so far including picard which i'm a big fan of as well because i love next generation um although the next season of picard might make my list for next year because they're bringing back all the original next gen characters which is going to be fantastic um but yeah like strange new worlds if you haven't seen it if it's it really has an original series feel with kind of like a a little bit of a modern look to it, except I don't want to say modern look because that makes it feel like they've upped all the technology, but they haven't. It's, it feels very much like the, the, the original in, in look and concept It just storytelling wise. It's way it's, above what the original series ever. Was. It is the original ship, right? It's, I mean, it's the original it enterprise. Modern, but it, it takes is. place before the original series. Right. With Pike. Yes. So did discovery like discovery became was the first uh, like takes place before the original series, but there's been a massive time jump in that they went like years in the future that mm. now they're far further than anything Star Trek has ever done so far. That's cool. Oh, that makes so sense. They've kind it. of bookended it. Enterprise like they, was before too. Yes. Well, I think, Oh yeah, this isn't before enterprise. I don't think, mm. I think this is between yeah, enterprise and original series. I, I'm curious about it. I I didn't. I tried to get into Discovery. Didn't like it. I Picard. I 
watched the first season, didn't like it. I just don't like Alex Kurtzman. He's like the main guy in charge of all this stuff. But I have heard Strange New World is great, so I might try again. It's definitely on my list of shows that I want to watch. I would, I would, I would definitely give Strange New World a try because again, it feels very different than anything yeah. they've done in that universe so far. In that, Richard loves like, it. Yeah, it's like it's mimicked the original series more than anything else ever has, and it's it's fantastic. Cool. Is Discovery Anson, still on? Discovery is still on. Um, their new season, I think, starts this year. Is Sasha still in it? Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> She's great. She's great in that series. Good for her. I'm glad that she found success. Yeah. Uh, she's right. really sweet, by the way. Super nice. I'm she sure looks she like is, she is. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. been, she's Rhonda. Rhonda in oh um New Girl. New Girl, that's right. Mm. That's right. <laughs> she's awesome in New Girl. <laughs> uh Jason, number two. Number two is um the number two on my list is a show that my son Nico came up behind my shoulder last night when I was making this and he said, uh, what is that? And I told him what we were doing and he goes, Oh, you're not going to have the walking dead on your list. And I was like, Oh yeah, I need to have the walking dead on my list. <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, I freaking loved the final season of the walking dead more than most people. I thought it had some really great character moments uh, uh, I love, I know, I don't think you liked it, Kristen. A lot of people didn't, but I loved all the Commonwealth stuff. I thought it was really fascinating and, and a much needed refreshing of the story for the series. And also I thought since this show started with the collapse of civilization, it was really fascinating to see it ending with the possibility of civilization coming back and whether our characters even want that or not, given how there's all this class structure that they haven't had to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought all of that was, was excellent. And it, it, you know, it wasn't perfect of course, but it was really good. Um, the pacing was a bit off at times, but um, I really liked the finale a lot. I just thought they totally stuck the landing. It, I was, it, it was so emotional and, mm-hmm. and thrilling to watch. And the zombies this season were probably the best Phenomenal. ever this whole season. And so um, I was kind of, it's kind of silly to say, but I just felt so proud after having podcasted about this so long. Good job, guys. You you did a good job at the end there. <laughs> when you got through season seven and eight and kept going. So, I mean, yeah. really good job. <laughs> well, it's one of those, well, we've come this far. We might as well just, although <laughs> and, you're not taking that with fear. It's no, I'm not, well, we're still doing roundtable rants, but, um, also, just as far as the podcast goes, that's my flagship original podcast that we started 12 years ago. And Karen left partway through, but Lucy came on with me. And I feel like Lucy and I really started hitting. I mean, we I always liked her. That's why I wanted her to be my co-host. But we really started getting into a groove this season more than we ever had before. So that was really fun, too. I love Lucy. She's so great. Yeah, she's the yeah. best. I did, I'm, I'm, I, go ahead. I loved the second half of Walking Dead. Uh, the second half season of the season, 11. the last oh, season. Good, yeah. yeah. I, the first half of the season, I just couldn't get into it because I just thought that it was way too much like the governor um, and uh-huh. Woodbury. And to me, I was just like, come on, guys. This is the last season, please. And But um, I really, I, I feel the same way you do. I feel that they really stuck the ending. Um mm-hmm. 
I thought it was fantastic. I love the fact that Ezekiel lived to the end. I know. I just like every episode, I was so worried about him because he was my he was my new Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, partway through this season, I was thinking, well, one of our people's probably going to be the head of the Commonwealth by the end of this, and I think it could maybe be Ezekiel. I said that on the podcast, but then be. then I started saying, oh no. Clearly, he's going to die, and I wish I hadn't said that because I, <laughs> I do love I I love his ending. I loved um, what's his name ending. I um I barely remember his name. He was the orange stormtrooper. Oh, Mercer, orange Mercer, Storm? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, he yeah. was. Yeah, um, I mean, now. I. Yeah, me too. I, really 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 hate the fact that Negan's not dead I was the only one that was smiling when he was on his knees I was just like come on come on <laughs> and then Ezekiel comes out and, and Negan's like what are you doing and I, he said at the same time I did I was like what are you doing and he said I don't know I don't know and I'm like you knew he wasn't going to die he has a spin-off series coming I understand that but I still was hopeful that it maybe was it's going a, to maybe happen. it's a lie the spin-off's yeah. a lie Right, exactly. Or it's like um, a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing, where like, right, I just Maggie's just holding just up Megan's dead him body to the whole die time. So bad, but you know, the last thing that Maggie said to Negan was exactly how I felt about Negan. Like it was summed up and written so beautifully about how she's like, "Listen, I see that you've made changes, but you're always going to be." different to me. And, you know, there's going to be some days that I can't look at you and you need to be okay with that. And, you know, just everything that she said, I just thought was beautifully yeah. said, beautifully written. That was I mean, probably my favorite scene of, of the whole season. Just the fact that they addressed, like when Ezekiel said to Negan, Hey, that whole thing about uh, coercing women and burning guys' faces with irons. We have not forgot that. That mm -hmm. made me so proud of the show because it did feel to me like they were trying to sweep that stuff under the rug. Totally. So just the fact that they mentioned it was like, mm -hmm. yes. And Ezekiel's like, we're not friends. We're, we're not yeah, together. Right. We're not a team. I was like, this is why but I then love Ezekiel you. said like, hey, if you can turn this around and do good things in the world, that'll be my best revenge or something like that, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do I, I'm glad that you have it on your list because I, I thought that they really did stick the landing. I agree. Yeah, I do. I agree with that completely. I in that conversation, while you guys were talking, I was almost ready to create a new banner and just put Walking Dead talk at the bottom of the screen instead of the top <laughs> these shows. But I didn't do it. Sorry. So. We're done. We're no, done. no, it's it's un mm -hmm. it's completely understandable because J like Jason, you've been podcasting on that show for eleven longer than eleven years now at this point, I think. Twelve right? years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been such a part of your your career and creation of the podcast again network. Like, yeah, I, of course you have a deep passion for that show. So I'm not going to like, cut yeah. You. Not gonna cut your conversation if it wasn't good, I wouldn't be putting it on my list, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't see Still, fear on there. That's oh, God. <laughs> fear. Last I'm telling place. you, ever <laughs> I I I tolerated fear, and then I legitimately if there was one thing that happened and i was like i'm done i'm done and it was when they oh, killed off john dory yep. we all know what it is oh, yeah <laughs> they killed off john dory i was like nope i'm done well, that was i'm washing my hands of this show i'm done that actor wanted to leave yep and i don't I would Dillon. too i love garrett Dillon yeah so much. me too he's in dead to me by the way small role but it's in oh, the last season. i know he nice. appears in justified at one point too mm -hmm. i think 
So, and I know he's also in Deadwood, which I haven't seen yet, which will probably be next. That to be completely honest with you, because I'll be on a Timothy Oliphant kick. Anyway, uh, Kristen, your uh, your number. This is number two. Two, mm-hmm. yeah. I got confused. Yeah. Sorry. So my number two um, is the one pad- podcast that I have right now is House of the Dragon. <laughs> um, I Ooh. I went into that show expecting to hate watch it. Like I just, I didn't, you know, I got invited back to do the podcast and I, I had such mixed feelings because I was like, oh man, I, I left this world. I left this world. Like I set it on fire and left this world, um, of, of Westeros and, uh, fire doesn't really affect do it though. Huh? Fire, doesn't fire is ineffective do on Targaryens. Yeah. I, I should have, I should have known that. Exactly. Um, and so I saw the trailer and then I saw the second trailer and then I was like, Oh no, I think this is going to be really good. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we watched the first episode and Holy shit. If it didn't blow my mind, that entire season was phenomenal, phenomenal. The acting, the casting, the story, the cinematography, the dragons that I just, Oh my gosh. And the fact that Patty Considine has been ignored Snubbed. Snubbed. so far during during <laughs> award season is it's is ridiculous fathomable to me it means they didn't watch the show because he if without him that show is 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 not as engaging he made such a nothing character in the books because he's he's you know he's like a footnote in the books i mean he did stuff but he's but he made this like weak almost flat character in the books just dynamic and 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 gray and and black and white and red and, and just oh my god Ugh. and Emma Darcy don't even get me started on them. One of the most phenomenal performances ever was Emma Darcy in the season one finale of House of the Dragon. Phenomenal. So I I went into that show as a massive Matt Smith fan, um, and I thought he was great as Prince Damon. I mean, I I, I think that's a phenomenal role for him. But oh, I yeah. ended up. I ended up loving that show, as you mentioned, for Patty Constantine, because mm-hmm. there, that that one episode, we all know what it is if you watch the show. By the end of that episode, I was the same way. I was like, um, hold on, let me dig up uh, an, an Emmy right now yep. and hand it to you, because yeah. that's the winner right there. And then to find out he wasn't even nominated, I'm like, what is this horse shit? Yeah, I it's I'm really, ridiculous. I take a lot of issue with that because, you know, the rest of them, you know, um, uh, Emma Darcy, Matt Smith, Matt Smith Graham McTavish, like they're all Olivia Cook. Yeah. They've all been nominated, and I just ageism. Hmm, Olivia probably. Cook from one of our favorite movies, Kristen, Ready Player One. I think that you and I should do an It's Showtime, folks, on Ready Player One, <laughs> and really people should, should just listen to us shout at each other for two hours. <laughs> <Do it>. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need a moderator for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need a moderator I for that. I do one. not volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a tribute. Do not look at me. Uh, no, yeah, so that that's my number two. I knew that was going to be on your list. And I mean, similar to the way Jason is with, you know, using a show and getting a deeper appreciation for a show that you podcast on, mm-hmm. it it does add an impact. So I kind of had a feeling that was going to be your uh your number your on your list. Not well, my- and I had and I had a ton of fun recording uh with Rima and Archmaster Rennie. 
I was, was so just, excited when that when it was announced that you were coming back to podcast with Rima. I was so excited. They did these well, just, quick like thirty minute episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thirty minutes, really easy. Thirty yeah. minutes another, with a bonus two, two hour segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two, two <laughs> three hour episodes. Jeez. It's our and, regular. And, and half the listeners hour loved it. Not one. Yeah. Not one complaint about the length. That. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was weird. That's awesome. <laughs> just yeah. praise. That's awesome. Uh, so my number two, Kristen, you kind of touched on it earlier. Stranger Things season four. Mm. Yes. It's my man, favorite like, season of that show. It's absolutely my favorite By season of that show. Mm-hmm. It is the I I ugly cried. I mean ugly cried during that season finale. And it was at parts that like obviously like Eddie's death was was a big impact because he became a fan favorite character. So when he he's didn't not make dead. it, uh, he's dead. <laughs> he's no, he's dead. not. We'll debate this. He's okay. Dead. Um, but in the finale, and this again, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, the two parts that really got me in that. I mean, the whole I mean, you know, talk about like running up that hill, getting a re huge a, a huge resurgence because of this show. Um so many people using that show now there's been some amazing covers that have come out because of that um the storytelling in this series was just in this season was just fantastic but that finale first off the dear um oh what was her brother's name shit dear billy dear billy that dear mm-hmm. billy episode was one that got me that one hit me hard as well um but that finale when dustin talks to eddie's uncle and tells him about how much of a hero he was. I bawled. But the part that got me, didn't even know it was going to get me, was at the very end of the episode with Eleven or L sitting in the bedroom. That black car pulls up, and you're like, like I know a topper. I know a topper. And when he peeks into the door and says, hey, kid, and she says, I left the door open, <laughs> ugly cry. <laughs> ugly cry. Like, for a good, like, two, three minutes, I was, I was gone. You just describing it brings yep. tears to my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it was I agree. Just, that was their that was their best season. It was a sensational season. I know there's mm-hmm. one more season left, and I don't think we're getting it this year. I think it's 2024, isn't it? I think it's 2029. That's what I heard. Oh God! I, I looked it up today, up. and they said that they're they're midway through writing it. The first yeah. episode is completed. They've, I think they've started, they've all, they're into filming. So, oh, are they into filming already? I'm pretty sure. I looked at an article today and it said that the first episode's done, whatever that means. Oh, all maybe right. done writing, maybe done filming, but it's done. Maybe we'll get part one. I already got the, the title. Of... Yeah. Oh. Maybe we'll get part one by the end of the year then. Who knows? I doubt it. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I have a feeling it's probably not going to be till next year. Next year at the earliest, I would I would guess. <clears throat> yeah, but who knows? But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with it, well, especially how the season January ended. of next year. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Stranger Things season four had to make my list of awesome. uh, of top shows. Cool. Awesome, but here awesome. we are with our number ones. I have my prediction for Kristen's number one, and I have my prediction for Jason's number one. Interesting. Let's I- see if they live up. Uh, is that my- Jason, your number one. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to reveal my prediction? Yeah. No, 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 say, no. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I want Ben to say what he thought it was. All right. My prediction for your number one 
is Yellow Jackets. Me no. too. You know what? Damn. There's only one reason why it's not Yellow Jackets, and that's because last time we did this podcast, Yellow Jackets spanned 2021 and 22, and it was mostly in 2021. There were only a few episodes in 2022, and I thought uh-huh. it rather than repeat myself, I would just have that be an honorable mention. So it's kind of okay. a technicality. If if this was if I had Yellow Jackets on my list, it would have I think been number two after my okay. number one show. Okay, I'm really. Do you have any guesses? Have, mm, no. I oh, I have one other guess on what it could be. Do you want to say or? I think it might be Moon Knight. No, 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 no. Okay, Andor. All right. No, but Andor's on my honorable mentions for sure. That was a freaking. Is it Obi Wan? And that was one that was hard to leave off. No, my number one oh, favorite know. show of the year is Better Call Saul. Oh, oh duh, okay. yeah. yeah! I forgot Which, that it ended. Damn it! Breaking Bad prequel series, headed by Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold, so good. Snappy, great acting, great writing, great plots, methodically detailed plotting, but always engaging and surprising. Uh, Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy slash Saul, Racy Horn as Kim, Giancarlo Esposito, Jonathan Banks, very just one of the smartest and like combination of smart and entertaining shows that i've ever seen breaking bad and better call saul it's a bit of a tragedy like breaking bad because you're watching this affable charming jimmy mcgill turn into a sleazy unscrupulous saul goodman so um it was bittersweet but it was very very good and so satisfying and uh, really fun to podcast on with rima and david on that show we really really went deep on it long episodes on that one too i think like around two hours most most of the time hour 45 awesome. i love breaking bad and i still have not seen uh better call Saul. Hmm. it's it's on my list it's one of those ones i kind of wanted to similar to ozark which i haven't started yet i was basically I was so also late, great i was so late to the game that i was like i'm just gonna wait for it to yeah end, and then and i'll watch it so i can binge through it an interesting thing so breaking bad is really in my opinion fucked up in a very delicious way you know it's like oh my god what are we watching here every like when i did podcast about breaking bad we had our fucked up moment of the week segment um and then better call saul started it was a prequel series and it was missing that part of it it wasn't messed up it was just kind of uh light and it was good but i was like i don't know if i like this but then i i noticed i kept wanting to watch it so i'm like i guess i do like it and then as the series went on it got more and more like breaking bad because jimmy gets more involved in the criminal world and everything but going back now and watching the beginning i appreciate it a lot more for what it is like at first you kind of want it to be like breaking bad but now i like it that it's its own thing so I, I I guess I'm telling you that just to help you set your expectations when you go into it. You know, it's not exactly okay. Breaking Bad when it starts, but it, I think it's still very worthwhile. Can I ask a question? Um, so I did not like Breaking Bad, um, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering because I I have heard so many good things about Better Call Saul. How much meth is actually in that show? Because that's that's what I can't I can't do that with Breaking Zero. Bad. Zero. There's no Zero. meth. It's, in- so it's nothing like Breaking Bad in that. No, it's Sense. more like this lawyer or wannabe lawyer who is kind of a con man type. He likes uh-huh. to run little cons. Um, it's not really about drugs at all. Okay. I'm trying to think. Later on, he gets more involved with like mafia type or not mafia, but like he cartel, gets involved with the chicken man, right? 
He does. Oh, but Giancarlo it, Esposito. But there's. I not, know he's in it. It's yeah. not about the meth. Breaking okay. Bad is all about the meth. Yeah, but right, uh, right. Better Call Saul is not. They, it's awesome. barely even mentioned. I don't. Then I am. Yeah. Then I plan to watch it. I need yeah, to ask that so, question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm already a big fan of Bob Odenkirk. Like even going back to like so Mr. good in this. Like yeah. even going back to his comedic elements with Mr. Show. I mean, it's yeah. like he's he's such a great actor. Um. He was great in Breaking Bad. Um, nobody, is, nobody, yeah, nobody is an amazing. <laughs> so movie. good. Um, so I definitely plan to check out Better Call Saul. It's high on my list to watch. He had a heart attack halfway through yeah. the last season. He during filming of a scene, oh, no. and it was like, oh my god! And then he recovered, and they went back and finished the scene off like oh, wow. a couple months later. Yeah, that That's was. Crazy. I remember that was a scary moment for a bunch of people too, because they yeah. kind of left it up in the air, like what had happened. We only heard that like, he had a heart attack on set, and we were like, "Well, what is it?" And they didn't really reveal many details at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and then he came out and said, like he he spoke on it that he was okay, he was recovering, and he was yeah, ready. Was- to- I was worried there for a minute. I mean, of course, for the actor, but also like, oh, the the show's just not going to finish, or what are they going to do? Yeah. So, awesome. A twin brother is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they did it with Paul Walker in the Fast and Furious series. Yeah. So, uh, that's a good pick. I don't know why that I didn't think about that one. Ever predict that would be on on your list? A little different than stuff we usually talk about, I guess. No, but I know how much you love that show, and I just forgot that it ended this year. Yeah, I think yeah. They really had a great last season. It was probably the best season of the whole show. This was an amazing year of television, period. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to miss uh, a lot of a lot of good TV. I think, and I like that our lists so far are really um, eclectic, and they're all different. That we all have different uh, things that we for love. Sure. Yeah, but that prediction was worthless. No, no, I mean, don't worry. it's only <laughs> it's because fine. of a technicality. It, I, I would have struggled. Like, it actually, if I had put it on my list, it might have been number one because I love that. What show would have so gotten much. knocked off? Uh, well, what was my number five? Dead to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kristen, you're number one. I have my prediction. I'm pretty Everybody sure. Everybody knows I'm what my number on one, one is. Yeah, it's Andor. Yeah, your number one is Andor. <laughs> yeah, it's Andor. I should have guessed that. Oh my gosh, that was the best show. That that was. It's the best Star Wars show. It's the best show. I just, I could, <laughs> I had no interest in seeing this show mainly because I mean my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One but you know Cassian Andor wasn't a character that I like really latched onto because I just Me thought neither. that yeah you know mm-hmm. so I was just like I don't really want to watch a show about Cassian Andor he's like the least interesting of all of right. them I wanted I he's wanted a show about Chirrut you know <laughs> um and yeah, so Groot Chirrut okay. I'm one with the force and the force is with me yeah I love that character mm-hmm. um but they first of all, I thought it was really smart for them to release the first three episodes immediately because mm-hmm. I think the first three episodes play as one giant episode. Um, and you kind of needed that to get a real good introduction into what you were getting into. And um, Diego Luna, man, he just knocked it out of the park. I mean, I thought he was just fantastic. The waif, I don't know her name, but the <laughs> waif in it, it, she plays Vel. And um, oh, yeah. I thought that just she had this very um surprisingly complex character <laughs> because of where she came from and what she's doing and mon Matha was that was a really fun um uh character inside side character she's a main character but yeah. um 
perfect actress for that. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I mean, I hate uh, Cyril. I hate him. I hate, <laughs> I hate him so much. I thought that he added nothing to the show, but I also know that a lot of people loved him, including you, Jason. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to spend any time with a guy, but I always like characters like that, that even though I don't you know, like maybe them as a if person, they had, you know? <clears throat> yeah, maybe if they had like less scenes with his mom, it yeah, would have been I agree. a little bit more interesting. Um, Jonathan and James love that. I'm like, like what I are we in some indie movie? I don't need to see that. <laughs> Not to mention like when it would start off with him eating cereal in his house. We're like, are we watching last week's episode? Like we actually had to I check know. to make sure we're on the same episode. And what? And his name is Cyril and he's eating cereal. Cereal. What? Exactly. And I kept calling him cereal. It was bad. Yeah, for sure. But um, I love that they, that, um, that this kind of brought Star Wars into an adult, um, an adult frame, right? Yeah. Like Star Wars can mm-hmm. be gritty. It can be adult and it can be adult without having to um, have any like sex or fuck or anything like that. Like it's still, it's still really good. It's smart. Um, yeah. And it and feels yeah, very, very smart. And mm-hmm. the whole Narkina five arc of, the season was my absolute favorite part of the entire, um, of the entire season. The I prison. thought, I, and the prison, yeah. yeah. And I, I know that Ben, you haven't seen it, so I don't want to ruin yeah. it too much. But Andy Circus. Oh, you're gonna love Andy Circus. Andy Circus oh. and Stellan Skarsgård are the two biggest selling points for me for that oh, series. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta. Um, at first, it feels slow, mm-hmm. and you gotta be patient. I know Rima just can't get into it. And I'm like, you're missing out. It's so good. So you just got to push so through those first few episodes. Good. Well, I mean, it, and, and Andy Circus gives one line that just destroyed me, destroyed me. And uh, you know, that, that I love it when that happens, when, when you can have something like, like a line like that, you know, it's kind of like uh, with Hodor and hold the door. Right. And mm. you just say, hold the door. And everybody's like, Oh yes. <laughs> and it's like collective trauma when we're all talking about it. <laughs> you know, I, th- I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is, and I know Kristen, you and I have talked about this. And I think Jason, you and I have talked about this before too, is this, I am not a fan of rogue one. Um, it, it doesn't we're matter. Com- we're complete. And that's what I've heard, especially yeah. considering it's a prequel to rogue one. So it's not anything else. I, my biggest issue with Rogue One is that I could not, I, I just could not get attached to these characters. And I think a lot of that was knowing they were all going to die. I just didn't allow myself to yeah. get connected to them. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping that going back and watching Andor will give me a new appreciation for Rogue One. Because I, 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 I plan to watch Rogue One again after I finish Andor. Yeah, I think, so. I think it will because like, like Jason and I were saying a minute ago, Cassian Andor was not the most interesting character of Rogue One, mm-hmm. but it knowing his story, at least knowing part of his story now, makes him that much more interesting. Yeah. And I love the fact that I always knew, okay, he's going to live. He's going to live. Yeah. So whatever happens here, <laughs> I, I know he's going to be alive. <laughs> I like that he just kind of disappears for a long time and you don't even notice. like Because the story of Andor... It's about a lot of different characters mm-hmm. and also just it's the not called Cassie and it's called Andor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you would think it would be more about him actually, but it, it's okay that it's not 
that said, I agree that he did a great job, uh, the actor and the character is much more interesting in the series than he was in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And you know what's and funny? The, cast, is, I, the supporting cast is phenomenal too. Yeah. They're just and it's um, beautiful to watch too. Oh, yes. Like the environments are, they go right along with the rest of everything else about the movie, it, just showing how intelligent it is. Because if you pay attention to the details, you can tell that they did. They, they really mm-hmm. paid attention to why things look the way they do and what function they have. But it's also just beautiful to see different parts of Coruscant and all the different environments and everything. It's just all everything about the show. It's great. And then the whole bunch of Easter eggs in the art shop. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't make the connection until just a couple minutes ago that the show being called Andor was based on Cassian. Uh, I didn't know Cassian's last name. I just knew it was. I just yeah. It's it, that's his name. I, but Andor. I thought Andor was the place. No, 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 no. And, and so, and the adultness of it. It's written by Tony Gilroy, who wrote or co-wrote Rogue One. Um, but you know, they got of course have a whole writers' room. And um, Bo Willimon, who was the guy behind House of Cards, wrote three episodes. And that just kind of shows like House of Cards is about all these political machinations and backstabbing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And so is this. This is similar. Mm -hmm. It's on my list. And I just, again, I, I, if for nothing else, I want to watch it to see if it gives me a new appreciation of Rogue One. So watch the first three episodes and see how you feel because the first three episodes play like a movie. And if you're not into it after that, then, you know, you gave it a try. But the three episodes, I think, is it's smart to watch it that way in the beginning. I'd say watch six because I really didn't get into it until like four or five. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, That's, I liked say, it, but I I'd wasn't say watch yeah. six. It's it. only seven episodes, so you might as well just watch the seven. But <laughs> no, no like what is 12? it? Nine? I think it's 12. It's 12. Yeah, it's like 12. <laughs> the Eye is a beautiful, a beautiful episode, too. When they do watch, the heist. Watch the first six. But at that point, you're halfway through, so you might as well just commit you to might the last well just watch the There thing. you go. See? <laughs> if I don't watch... It, it, it's weird, because if I don't watch Andor, it has then become the first... Star Wars project I have not watched. Oh, oh then just watch it. That's right. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's on the list. Yeah. I'm going to watch it eventually. Yeah. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So, well, Ben, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is a show that probably neither one of you has even seen before, uh, but I absolutely love it. It is, in my opinion, the best Star Trek series that has ever been made. Uh, it's the Orville. Mm. With <laughs> that's Seth still McFarland. on. <laughs> Yes, it just had its third season this year. I've and seen it. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's great. Did Did you watch the third season? I haven't seen. I've only seen a, a couple of episodes early on. I fell off of it, but it wasn't because I didn't like it. I did like it. I, I might okay. go back. Yeah. It is. It's a show that is better than it should have been. Yeah. Um. You know, because a lot of people assumed like, oh, it's Seth MacFarlane, so it's going to be very Family Guy as. It's going to be very. <laughs> Very goofy, goofy humor and like crude, and it's just going to be a parody of Star Trek. And it turns out it's really not like the first two episodes are very comedic because it's it's that's just Seth's way. But by the third episode, it really and this is going back to season one. It really kind of sets the tone that of what the show is going to become. And I even had um, the showrunner Brendan Braga, who on my podcast. Uh, who's worked on like Cosmos and 24 and everything. And we talked about that when I brought that up to him. He's like, that's an incredibly keen insight. He's like, because that third episode was actually supposed to be the eighth episode, but Seth moved it because he felt the same way that it's going to set the tone for the show. And that's exactly what it did. And this third season, um, 
I mean, you can talk to like Jerry. Um, our, our friend Jerry is a big fan of the show. Steve's a big fan of the show. Like, there's a number of people within that group that have I've turned on to it who absolutely love the show now. And this third season, the storytelling was so phenomenal that it it has legitimately become my favorite Star Trek show. That's not Star Trek because it has legitimate Star Trek writers on the writing team. There have been directors from Star Trek other than Seth. And there's one other director that, that for the most part, they're the two that direct the show uh, back and forth. But it's just this third season was so phenomenal that when they didn't announce a renewal, people are so like, well, where is it? Because they haven't canceled it. It's very similar to Cobra Kai. Um, the show hasn't been canceled, but they're waiting to see if they're still going to get renewed, which if they don't, um, I'm going to riot. That's awesome. You had Brandon Braga and he was like one of the main creative guys behind the Star Trek series, right? Yeah. In the nineties. Yeah. He worked on next gen. Yeah. So That's it's cool. funny how that came about too. Like I was, when the Orville ended, it's actually because of the Orville. I got him when the Orville ended, I legit sent an email to every member of the cast, including Seth MacFarlane. And I was like, I'm never going to get Seth, but I'm just going to try it anyway. And Seth's office is actually the first people to respond. And they're like, well, Seth is incredibly busy, as you might imagine. Like, he's got a new series coming out on, on, uh, on Peacock with Bill Nye, the science guy. So we're going to forward your information over to them because they're handling Seth right now. So maybe you can get something with them. So they forwarded my email to them. And within a day, I heard from them. And they were like, well, of course, like Seth, unfortunately, isn't available right now. But would you want to speak to Bill Nye? And I'm like, uh, yes, please. Like. Send me Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> um, and they couldn't get me. And Bill's schedule became very compressed, too. So they couldn't get me in. And they were like, well, but we can get you Brennan Braga. I was like, yeah, like, that's fantastic. And then I had and Brennan came on and Brennan. I was one of the first people to review his new show with Bill Nye on a podcast because he hadn't even heard reviews of it yet. So I gave my review of the show to Brennan Braga before he had heard any official uh. um, reviews yet and that interview when we talked about the youtube page early on that interview is actually on the youtube page that's one of the first ones that's one of the first videos i put up at the oh, end of last cool. year i gotta check that out so yeah me and brendan one-on-one was was fantastic <laughs> so um but yeah the orville is my number one i i'm really keeping my fingers crossed for a renewal of that show because i just i love it so much so uh but that concludes our top fives. Let's knock out some honorable mentions. Uh, Jason, what <clears throat> have you got? Well, of course, Yellow Jackets would have been on my list. I can't wait for that to come out. And yeah, the end of season one was just as good as the beginning and everything about the show. So that's <laughs> that's first on my honorable mentions. White Lotus was one that, that was hard for me to kick off. It was on my list until Nico came over and reminded me that I didn't have Walking Dead. Oh, that's um, the one you booted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I love season two and I love season one. Uh, Severance, I thought was really great. I've heard and that's really good. It is good. And we might, and it's got uh, John, uh, what's John Turturro in it, and yeah, it's really good. We may podcast on that. I'm not sure yet. Andor, of course, is on my honorable mention. So those White Lotus, Severance, Andor, and Yellow Jackets. Okay, nice, Kristen. I really, 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 really want to see Severance. That's like number one on my list to see because I love Adam Scott, Adam Scott. so yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah, he's great in it. 
Yeah, I love Adam Scott. Um, so my honorable mentions, of course, is The Walking Dead, the final season of Walking Dead, um, the second half. Um, Stranger Things was I, basically, it should have been on my top five. Um, Peaky Blinders had their final season and it was phenomenal. So that was uh, that was almost cracked in the top five as well. Peaky Blinders is amazing. Anybody who hasn't seen it should see it. Uh, Resident Alien. I only saw the first half of the season, Fucking but love that show. Oh my gosh, is that show <laughs> hilarious? That show is so funny. I Alan Tudyk that. is just a brilliant, brilliant actor. He's perfect in that role. He's perfect. Um, and Reacher. Um, so uh, Prime just came out with Reacher based on the Jack Reacher novels, and they chose a really, really good Reacher. It's not Tom Cruise. Uh, which is great. Well, the character Reacher is like this six foot eight giant of a man. And Tom Cruise is like, yo, I'll play him. And you're yeah. like, no. So even um, I questioned that casting choice. Yeah. So they got a really good guy to play uh, Reacher. It's um, equal parts fun and action. And, you know, it's got some depth to it. But yeah, we really enjoyed Reacher as well this year. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Alan Richson is the actor that plays uh reacher and i only know him because he plays um he was a character in titans which is a dc show that right now until they killed his character off um and he was also the original aquaman in smallville mm. so uh, yeah. Yeah. he also so I, played um, he was also in new girl um he was the man with the micro penis <laughs> that's right and he was in, he right. played young scully in uh brooklyn 99 brooklyn 99 that's right and he had a disastrous almost embarrassing to watch um audition cycle through um american idol which is where he got a start and it's disastrous it's like oh. you he's such a douchebag in it he's such a douchebag oh i'm gonna have it. to look that up yep I, I recommend looking that. at that and it's hard. It's I, maybe not. It's, it's hard to see him after that. It's, but, well, him, that and micro penis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions uh, for uh, top five house of the dragon, obviously made my honorable mentions list. Uh, Star Wars, Obi-Wan and Marvel's moon Knight are two others that made my honorable mentions. Uh, Lord of the rings, the rings of power, the first season, was beautifully done. Um, and I really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, um, the only other two I have Wednesday season one, I thought that show was just quirky and a lot of fun. Uh, and for those of us that love what we do in the shadows, a little show called, well, what we do in the shadows is on my honorable mentions too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we do in the shadows is on my honorable mentions, but also another show, uh, our flag means death. With uh, Taika Waititi and Reese Darby, which I, was based on um, I've heard uh, Blackbeard. It's uh, Blackbeard the Pirate. Mm-hmm. It's oh, a pirate man. series, but it's by the same writers that do what we do in the shadows. And it's just I it's love Taika so Waititi. good. It's so good. Um, um, do you guys have any bummers? I For shows? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't think I watched anything that I thought was bad yeah i don't i can't think of anything that kind of 
sticks was, out as something I hate. Fear, fear must have been on this year, so that would be on my list. <laughs> other than that, I don't know. Even if I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm all caught up. My mean okay. Madison came back, a favorite character, and man, it was like one of the worst episodes of the show ever. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I had two bummers, and it's not that they're a bummer. I was just disappointed in them, and it was um, Boba Fett I was really disappointed yeah. in. Um, really? Except yeah, for the I, Mandalorian episodes, they were pretty good. Oh god, they were fantastic. Stuck in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know I think I mean? they, they realized that they needed it. <laughs> um, and then the and then the Dexter reboot, I was very disappointed in. I thought it was really good, but I didn't like the way that they the way left it, and yeah, it just kind of petered out a little bit. And yeah, I, thought I thought the thought show so had a lot of potential, but. Don't tell Rima. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I kind of agree. <laughs> I hope she does listen to this. <laughs> um, I had a couple that I want to see. Uh, the Bear. It's mm-hmm. a show about, I don't even know what it, it's in a kitchen or something. But yeah. 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 It's gotten a lot of good hype. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Reservation Dogs gets a lot of praise. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's another one I haven't seen before either, but I think, I, I think that's also. Who is that by? I, it's not Taika, but I think it's very. Well, I don't think it's comedy. It's more oh, like it's, a bunch okay. of kids on a reservation, but they're, it's supposed to be really good. I don't know. Okay. Um, Kristen, anything on your list from stuff you know you want to, you didn't get the chance to see, but you want to still? Well, Handmaid's Tale season five, White Lotus, Severance, and now I added Dead to Me after here and Better Call Saul now that you guys have talked about it. But um, I'm really looking forward to this year of television. Um, we're we're going to get, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, as far as mine, just that I didn't get to see, um, strange world, which is a Disney movie that just came out recently. And barbarian was another one that I wanted Mm -hmm. to see this past year that I didn't get the chance to. Um, the only other one I could think of is movie barbarian. Isn't that that horrible movie? That Jason no. liked? Is that what it yeah, was called? Yeah, that's the one he wants to that's, see. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one okay. I want to see. <laughs> well, I thought we were on TV. That, that's why. I um, no, I'm just saying anything you, okay. yeah. in, in general. Anything okay. we missed in 2022 that we wanted to see. Oh, um, well then, yeah. I also missed uh, Emily the Criminal. The, I just um, watched that. Is it good? It's pretty good, but it, I, I need more time to think about it because there were some things that I wasn't so okay. sure I liked. So I, it's is worth that, watching. Aubrey Plaza is, that is awesome. Um, yeah, she is. Aubrey Plaza. Um, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Fablemans, Weird. I want to see that. Yeah. The Weird Owl movie with Daniel Weird. Radcliffe. Weird's in my honorable mentions. I have, good, to, good. I have to say yeah. it's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> um, All Quiet on the Western Front. I heard that that's a rough watch. So, of course, I want to see it. Um, and Till and Babylon. Babylon's on my list as well. And the only other one I can think of is The Whale. The oh, Brendan yeah. Fraser movie. I hear that that's... Mm. A, a it's very heavy. Watch. Yeah. yeah, It's very heavy. Like Darren Afronowski. Difficult. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no no pun intended. Very, very heavy. Um, but yeah, let's look to the future real quick. We don't have to go too much into detail, but what's some stuff in 2023 television and movies you're looking forward to? Me first? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I feel rude now. No, anyways, no. I'll just go. <laughs> um, You've okay. Been first I'm just for the last two I and know, a half hours. Kind of what I was yeah, thinking. Let's keep going. Uh, so, uh, The Last of Us is my number one that I'm looking forward to. Can't wait Absolutely. for that. Yellow Jackets, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We already mentioned a few of these. Um, I'm hoping Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania is good. 
<clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that. Spider-Man Across the Universe, a uh, Spider-Verse, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandalorian season three. They should have never had a year skip for Boba Fett. So I'm glad that's coming back. Uh, the Super Mario CG movie, The Flash, even though Ezra, what's his name, is a total piece of shit. I, I'm still excited to see what they did with that movie. Um, Severance. In servants the final season i i like that show a lot nobody ever talks about it m night Shyamalan, and indiana jones and the dial yes. of destiny yes <laughs> on my list as well <laughs> Kristen. um well a lot of those i i also am very excited about um i had guardians and ant-man for movies um mandalorian 3 shadow and bone season 2 i freaking loved the first season so much so i'm excited for the second season loki season 2 uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos, I'm very excited about, and Ahsoka. I can't oh, wait yeah. for Ahsoka. Like, can't wait for Ahsoka. It's going to be well, awesome. you. If you're so into that, you should be on our podcast about it. Okay. That'd be cool. <laughs> Twist my it's, arm. Why don't I yeah. mean? Ouch. Well, we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk later. I actually um, just thought of two more movies for honorable mentions for 2022 that I didn't think of until now. Uh, that I'll throw out there real quick. Uh, Clerks 3, because you mentioned Ahsoka, which made me think of Rosario Dawson uh, in Clerks 3, and Confess Fletch, which was the John Hamm version on the Fletch movies, which hmm. I Is absolutely love. also in that one? No, she's not in Confess Fletch. Okay. Yeah. She's everywhere right now. She's <laughs> like 90, late 90s Jude Law, you know? Like, she's just yeah. everywhere <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. But, but sorry, I, 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 I cut you off to throw those out there. Oh no, you didn't cut me off. Yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited about Last of Us, Ahsoka, Mandalorian three, Shadow and Bone two. I'm really excited about Shadow and Bone as well. I thought that they nailed the first season really well. Um, so I'm excited to see what's next with that show. Nice. Every, everything I've been looking forward to has kind of already been mentioned already. Um, the Superman, uh, Superman, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania I'm really looking forward to Indiana Jones I'm absolutely looking forward to I don't know how I'm that excited about that trailer because it looks good it looks really good I think it's the lack of Shia that really gets me excited about that trailer (laughs) knowing Harrison Ford he's going to be like kill off Indiana Jones just kill him off he's already said Indy dies with him Yeah. so nobody else will take that role after he's gone so we will see um But yeah, there's just a lot. And I mean, number one on my list is The Last of Us, not just because we're podcasting on it, but the show just looks amazing. And I absolutely love that story. I love that world. And I'm really, really excited. Well, Pedro Pascal, are you kidding me? Like, yes, a hundred times. Yes. Melanie Linsky's in it and uh, Murray Bartlett. Yeah. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is in Yeah. (laughs) Um, and they have confirmed that the whole first season, the whole first game is the first season mm-hmm. that has been confirmed already. So. The whole I forget, thing? Someone on our podcast thought that. I forget which one of us. I think it was so There's only going to be yeah, two seasons season. then? Oh, we don't know. Um, no. I, 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 the I, second game is much longer, so I wouldn't be surprised oh, if okay. they split that up with between two seasons. And then they're working on a third game, so they could. I have going. the second game. It's still in its cellophane because I can't, I can't seem to live through the first game. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought you meant like emotionally, because emotionally, no, I can't it's rough. live through it. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I'm bad at the PS4 buttons. I wish it was it's on the a Switch. hard game. 
Are you on easy? Yeah, put it on easy mode. I'm on easy? Of course I'm on easy. <laughs> <laughs> I just would like to see play, play game. Tell me to press mm. like A. Feels like I'm doing something every once in a while. If you really life. want to, you could go on YouTube and just watch a playthrough. I know, but then I'm my kids watching Minecraft videos and I just can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Let's get, um, let's work towards the end of this because we're already two and a half hours in. I'm over sorry. Yeah. Hours in. No, don't apologize. Again, I knew this was going to be a longer episode. Apologies to anybody listening or watching. You can break it up. It's fine. Um, but this part is going to be uh, what's going to become to known as the Wilhelm post credit now going forward, uh, where we address listener feedback, plugs, and recommendations. So. Cool. Uh, we did get a bunch of feedback for this, which is fantastic. I'm very happy about that. <clears throat> so let's read through some of the feedback that we have. And Kristen, why don't you kick it off for us? I would love to. As soon as you pull it up. <laughs> How did you know? Okay, here we are. Okay, Jamie Dimmick says, number one, absolutely was Sandman. I waited forever for a screen adaptation and I was not disappointed at all. Also, shameless plug for the Sandman cast. Ooh. Wink. In, in no particular order, Violent Night, an instant classic, House of the Dragon, Bullet Train, Nope, Alice in Borderland, Season 2, and one that saved my sanity a few times, Sesame Street Mecha Builders. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Sandman uh, looked great, and I'm so happy that fans of that story, that it's a comic book, that they satisfied them from what I could tell. So that's always good to hear. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Rinaldi Kalik says, didn't watch many shows in 2022, unfortunately. Hoping to change that in 2023. Favorite TV shows of 2022, The Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, Atlanta, Peaky Blinders, and Marvel Studios Moon Knight. Nice. All good. Peaky Blinders was so good. Atlanta's a great show, too. I've watched the first couple seasons, but I have to mm. finish it, and it, it just wrapped up the, the series, so um, it finished off. Uh, Paul Williams, who is a resident horror fan, uh, top five favorite movies were the sadness terrifier Two, of course, uh, hellraiser, mad God and dead stream. I don't know. I've never heard of any of them. They're all horror. <laughs> They're all horror. Mad God is weird. It's like stop motion insanity and hellscape future. Weird. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, interesting. I've never even heard of it. Uh, top TV shows were Andor. Wednesday, Alice in Borderland season two, Stranger Things season four, and Chucky season two. Chucky's a show I still need to get into. Me too. I want to watch. I, I want to. Um, Kelly Burgess says my favorite TV shows were in no particular order: Dead to Me season three, Handmaid's Tale season five. It had probably my favorite episode of the entire series in it. Same Stranger one as mine, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now I'm same, now I'm into it. Episode. <laughs> Stranger Things season four, Ozark se season four, and I think my favorite new show was 1883. Didn't that just get canceled? Yes, after one season. No, I thought no. 1883 is the is a Yellowstone spinoff. Yeah, and yeah, uh, canceled I, Yellowstone. No, 1899 got canceled. Oh, the Netflix one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a little confusing. We both yeah, 18, were wrong. Yeah. And ben was yeah, wrong. I know. We, we were both like, yeah. No, oh, okay, we're no 1899, the Netflix series was the one that got canceled. Uh, 1883 is still there. Thanks, Kelly. She likes a lot of shows that we're podcasting on, which is pretty cool. 
Randy Stevenson says, I'm surprised looking through the list of premieres for 2022. I didn't watch a lot of new entertainment for TV shows. Our flag means death is number nice. one. Number two, RuPaul's drag race, all star seven colon all winners, uh, three stranger things and four, the walking dead. Nice. The walking dead. <laughs> uh, Carolyn, uh, with COVID and pneumonia, well, sorry, luckily, uh, luckily I had plenty of time to catch up on shows. Silver lining, uh, oh, silver lining. My favorite TV shows, Stranger Things season four. I absolutely loved the season and fell even more in love with the characters. I could talk about season four for hours. Gaten Matazero's performance affected me the most. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Severance. So bizarre and enthralling, unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Uh, number three, House of the Dragon. Having not read the books, I was skeptical. I loved Game of Thrones so much and was concerned I wouldn't connect as much with these characters. Psh, I was hooked from the first <laughs> episode. <laughs> Uh, number four, Wednesday. I loved the Adams Family movies growing up, so I knew I had to give this a chance. I worried it would be too uh, CW-ish for me to enjoy, but Jenna Ortega was masterful in that role. I can't remember the last time I had that much fun watching a show. Uh, Mo, being from Houston, this show has an extra special place in my heart. Uh, Mo Ammer is hilarious, and his depiction of the immigrant experience is thoughtful and impactful. Never even heard of that one before. Me neither. Uh, favorite movies of 2022. I didn't watch a ton of movies this past year, but these were my top three in no particular order. The Fablemans. I'm a sucker for anything Spielberg, and this movie did not disappoint. I thought it was very moving to see Spielberg's depiction of the consequences and challenges presented by choosing to go all in and pursue your dreams. Michelle Williams was also outstanding. Uh, number two, Glass Onion. I loved Knives Out and was very excited for the sequel. It was just flat out a joy to watch. I would watch Catherine Hahn read a menu, to be fair. Uh, watching Benoit Blanc piece together the mystery was enjoyable, but I also loved the sat- satirical take and light shed on the notions of American wealth, privilege, and fame. For sure. Uh, and number three, Turning Red. I'll give every Pixar movie a shot, and I was pleasantly surprised with this one. Uh, Domi Shi did a great job showing us what her experience growing up as a Chinese-Canadian girl was. Uh, was like through the main character of Mei Lin. It was also so refreshing to see the issue of puberty introducing Mei Lin starting her period depicted so openly and honestly. I remember there being so controversy about that, but I thought it was brilliant and so needed. Yeah, I like um, that movie too. That, uh, that's one I missed this year. I usually give every Pixar movie a shot too, but I missed that one. It's so funny when people get all bent out of shape about a period. It's like, I'm sorry, half of the planet has one. Like, get over it. I know. That's just how they end sentences. Get over it. Right? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> What's uh, the deal? Right? Jill, Jill Morrow. Hello, my beautiful BFF. Um, Okay, so for movies, thinking back to what I've watched and enjoyed the most in 2022, I'd say my top five are, in no particular order, Top Gun Maverick, Thor Love and Thunder, The Atom Project, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and Bullet Train. This is so funny. I I know her whole year, and I remember when she saw all these movies. It's just weird. Um, as for shows, I know a couple of these started before 2022, but they were new to me in 2022. Cobra Kai, Only Murders in the Building, Moon Knight, Stranger Things Season 4, House of the Dragon. Honorable mentions is Peaky Blinders. We love that show. Uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 5, The Boys Season 3, and oh, yeah, the, the Walking Boys. Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
sadly, there are still so many movies and shows from 2022 that I haven't had the chance to watch yet. So much content. Yeah, there's a lot. Life-saving. Um, <laughs> well, he's not really live steving much of anything. Um, but yeah, we do have a voicemail from Steve Brown. Uh, the Adam Project is a great movie. Hmm. Don't you just want to, ho- don't you love him so much that you want to just hold him under the water till the bubbles stop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will watch anything Ryan Reynolds does, but that kid who played the young version of Fantastic. him mm-hmm. was amazing. Like he was literally young right well he was like not literally but he was the closest you can get to a young ryan reynolds that you can get yes 100 um, percent. but yes we do indeed have a voicemail from our friend steve brown i don't know if it's a live steving or not because i don't know what he's <laughs> steve but um uh <laughs> uh here we go hopefully you guys can uh you can hear this hello wilhelm this is steve and this is uh my top five things of uh, 2022. Let's see. I don't know if I have five. It's tough to uh, to just choose five, you know. Um, but uh, definitely, Top Gun Maverick was one that was just amazing. I uh, love that movie and love the nostalgia it got in me. I actually went and saw it in a theater. It was one of the first movies I think I went back and saw in the theater uh, last night in Soho. Was that 2022 or was that 2020? I think it was 2022. That was 21. Um, and of course, Better Call Saul, the finale of Better Call Saul was uh, really, really great. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. I know that's only three, but uh, if I think of more, I might uh, send it on a written feedback. All right. Talk to you later. That's awesome. Thanks, Steve, for the, uh, for the voicemail. Yeah, Last Night in Soho was 2021. Um, so that would have, because I'm pretty sure that made my list last yeah, year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Again, another Anya Taylor Joy movie as well, mm-hmm. just like uh, just like the menu. She's so. everywhere too. Yeah, but I love her. Yeah, she's she was great. in Peaky Blinders the last two seasons of Peaky Blinders. Oh, was she really? Mm-hmm. I did not know. That's um, it's is Cillian Murphy the lead? Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. yeah, okay. He's Irish. He's Irish. You have to say it Irish. He's Irish. Oh my gosh, he's so right. good in that movie. Enough he's going to be an Oppenheimer. That is the movie I'm most excited about this year. Oppenheimer. That's a good one too. That has an incredible cast. Unbelievable cast. Killian Murphy is just like I don't know why I'm playing Oppenheimer. This cast is stacked, and it's like because you're really good, dude. And the only thing that makes me question whether or not I will enjoy it is it's Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher mm. Nolan. Well, you have a difference of opinion than I know Jason and I do. I know. But <laughs> I, I just thought I'd, you know, say, hey, it's okay for other people to say that they like Christopher Nolan, even if Jason and Ben don't, right? <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm not saying I don't like Christopher Nolan. I just think he's have very highly overrated as a director. Mm, his Batman trilogy is the best. That's the only thing. Well, the first two of the trilogy. Okay, I'll give, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I don't want to start a big debate, so I won't. Yes, comment exactly. On <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Oppenheimer does actually look really, really, really good, and it is it is a stacked cast for sure. I mean, it's what it's like: Remy Malik, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Kenneth Brenna, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, um, Gary Oldman. It's it, oh god, it's, so it, many people. It's so many people. So um, many people. But. Uh, what have you guys got going on? I, I, first off, thank you guys for coming and doing this and giving me your time. Because again, we're we're going on probably what's going to be a three hour podcast, and 
I apologize if that kept you guys from anything. Well, thank you so much for letting us crash this, for letting me crash it. I know that you guys did this last year, but I, I didn't. So thank you for letting oh, me crash I'm so it. glad you're here. It's no, great. actually, I, yeah, I like the idea of doing, I'm actually doing it further on. Like I want to bring on two guests from now on mm. if I can. And next um, year there's going to be four people and then five. Yeah. Yep. And then the year yep. after that. Yeah. Yes. So by 2029. Yeah, Cause you're stuck with me for next year too. For like 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> 10 people. I'm going to talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> but we'll it might, it. it might be on the list next year. You never yeah. know. Um, yeah, but let this is an opportunity for you guys to plug whatever you guys want to plug as far as podcasts go. Uh, and of course, recommend anything you think people might want to, I mean, we just recommended a ton of shit in this entire episode. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like it could be like a podcast or a book or anything like that. If you have anything you want to recommend, uh, Jason, why don't you start us off with, with um, plugs and recommendations? Well, uh, this year we started our It's Showtime Folks podcast, which is the first time podcast is going to be focusing on movies. The idea is just to give our hosts a platform to talk about whatever movies they want, whether it's older movies or new movies in theaters or anything in between. We started with Miracle on 34th Street, and then we did Glass Onion, and now uh, Kristen and Wendy are going to be talking about Avatar, and then next week, me and Rima are going to do The Terminator. Oh, nice. I'm super excited about. The original? And, yeah, because nice. we're going on the James Cameron theme. But uh, our Glass Onion one, man, it was really harsh. I, f- I wish I would have defended it a little better. So if you do listen to that, be ready for that. But um, anyway, I'm excited about the podcast and, and you know, just the possibilities of exploring all these different kinds of movies. Aside from that, I mean, we're, we're getting ready to cover The Last of Us on HBO. So look for the cast of us from Podcastica. We had a great intro episode with all five of our hosts. We're going to have rotating hosts, three, three per episode, oh. but we had all five of us we had a lot of great feedback for that episode we did yeah so i think if you want a good introduction to the last of us coming on hbo just look for go to podcastica.com and look for our intro episode i think you'll enjoy it what's the premiere date again january 15th oh that's so cool coming up pretty quick 10 days yeah yep not that you're counting (laughs) (laughs) no not at all i know I'm, i'm absolutely excited for it that's awesome um, anything you want to recommend, Jason, or just to just get the plugs out? There? I mean, my mind is kind of like after all, like <laughs> yeah. all the stuff we talked about, I think there was some pretty good. In fact, there's a few things in there that, that I'm going to seek out now that I didn't have in mind before. So yeah, I think too. I'm covered. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, any plugs uh, you want to put out there? Well, I don't have a podcast right now, but I do. Um, we are going to do our season one wrap up um, in uh, late February, Rima and Renny and I uh, just settled on a date finally. So we're going to record at the end of February. Um, so that should be fun to revisit uh, season one of House of the Dragon a couple months later. And then, like Jason said, um, tonight in actually two hours, I'm going to be uh, <laughs> recording on Avatar 2 for It's Showtime, folks. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about that movie. Um, Cause like I said, it was my number one favorite movie of the year. So I'm excited to see that. And, you know, maybe I'll have another podcast sometime this year. I've got a couple of ideas that I might run past Jason. Oh, and I have uh, another podcast. Thank you. I I have one. I have one. I'm so excited. (laughs) What are you doing? It's the revisited podcast. Yes. I'm so excited. We get Um, at the time we're doing this, we get started recording again next week. 
Yeah. So we're going to finish out Lost and then we're going to see which other show we're going to revisit. Um, and so that should be a lot of fun. So um, I am, I do have one recommendation just for anybody that's looking for something fun to read because I'm a big reader. Um, if you listen to the Lost podcast, you know that I'm always suggesting books. Um, the Percy Jackson uh, series. So my daughter is obsessed with the Percy Jackson books with Rick Riordan, and she's been putting them on my nightstand for about six months now and <laughs> just to pick it up. And in the past like two weeks, I've re- read almost all five books. I'm in the last half of the fifth book and it's been so fun. I can see why they're addicting. I've Nico read, loves those. He's yeah, read them all multiple times. I've, I've read the first couple books as well, and they're a ton of fun. I was a fan of the movies, but I'm really excited for the Disney Plus series that's coming. Mm-hmm. Danny hates the movies so much because they get so much wrong that she she had it on in the background one day, and my husband's like, hey, do you want me to turn this off? Because I know you hate it. She goes, no, no, leave it on. I want to see what else they messed up. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. I think the author doesn't really like him either, but he's more involved with the TV show. So hopefully. Yeah, he's really better. involved in the TV show. But Danny, yeah. So after this, there's like the Heroes of Olympus and the Titans. And the, does Nico read all those other books as well? Yeah, he really got into all of Rick Reardon's stuff. Let's get our kids and have them do the um, the TV show. <laughs> It'll be yeah, the first be fun, kids yeah. podcast. <laughs> we that could do cool. a, a one-off, you know, just to have them talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, as for this show, Wilhelm, you can find it. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Wilhelm Podcast. And of course, if you haven't already, you can visit WilhelmPodcast.com to subscribe or just search Wilhelm on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget that there are now video versions of all episodes if you're listening to this on the Wilhelm YouTube page, which you can find by going to YouTube and just searching Wilhelm Podcast and it'll come up. Uh, or by clicking the link in the show notes of the episode that'll take you directly there. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, all new episodes are here, including all new top fives and, of course, even more celebrity conversations. Kristen, I have one that I'm working on that you might like that I will tell you when we're done recording. Um, uh, and keep an eye out before the end of the month for the launch of both the Wilhelm merch store and the Patreon. Uh, but I think that might be it. Uh, any final notes from either one of you before we close this out? That was great. I think yeah, this was a, a lot job. of fun. It's fun, eclectic bunch of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I appreciate you both coming on. And this was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad that we got such a diverse list of everything mm-hmm. um, that was coming out. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening and supporting the podcast by being a part of the Wilhelm audience. But until next time, we'll see you down the road on another episode of Wilhelm. Take care. Bye. Bye.